Have you ever wanted to start your very own podcast? Sorry, that's a dumb question. Of course you wanted to start your own podcast. Podcasting's amazing. Head on over to Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Use promo code GAMEPINIONS. And then you, that's right, you listening to this right now, you can have a free month of podcast hosting service. And also, if you take that promo code, you can also get a free month of stats so you can keep track of that podcast that you're working so hard on. Blueberry is incredible, and the features are simply amazing. I don't have time to talk about them, though, because I have to start my own show. So after this episode of Game Pinions, make sure you head on over to Blueberry.com, look up what it is all about, use promo code Game Pinions, and get started on an adventure of a lifetime. Welcome to Game Pinions, episode 23. I'm your host, Kalman, and I'm joined again, as always, by the man who's always out of bubblegum. TJ, how's it going? Hey, Cal. Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, we have a really awesome show today, though. Um, there is a, a ton of stuff to cover, and I wanted to get your feedback on this. I was kind of thinking about maybe flexing out the uh, what we've been playing uh, category here. What do you think about that? Uh, explain explain more about that. So usually when we start, we talk about the games we've been playing throughout the week. Right. Are you okay with kind of flexing that out and not going over that? That's fine. Okay. Um, it took me a little while to get over it, but I'm over it now. We have a lot of cool things to talk about. I don't know if you guys want to hear that I've played MLB for the third straight week in a row, so... We'll yeah. go ahead and... Uh, <laughs> Not much has changed for me either. Yeah, it's just kind of... I'm kind of in that zone where I'm just happy with what I'm playing, and I don't really have anything else to play, so it's kind of wheeling it. Yeah, I mean, we'll just, we'll just stop playing when it stops being fun for the for the moment. Uh, you know, Rocket League does have an event coming up, a summer event that looks pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm sure I'll be hitting that up. Um, that's the... Uh, oh, what's that called? It's the uh, Rad Summer, something like that. Like the oh, is it the uh, radical summer? There it is. Is that what they call it? Yeah. yeah. I actually didn't include that on there, but uh, I'm not really sure what the details for that are. Uh, the thing that just popped out to me was there's going to be like this game mode. I think it's a temporary game mode for the duration of this event, which should go from June to August, middle of June to middle of August. Uh, it, it looks like you use your teammates to fire the ectoplasm beams. I think I have that correct at the ball. Okay. Uh, just like in the Ghostbusters movie, I think the, the I have the note here. The game mode is going to be called Ghost Hunt. Oh. So the battle cars are used to uh, take the ball, almost like the magnet power up in uh, Rumble. That's what it seems like to me. It seems like a similar mechanic. So okay. you have two of your, I think at least two of your teammates i'm not sure if it's two three or four people or is it just a three-person game room i'm not sure yet they haven't uh revealed that you take the ball with these beams and you guide it to the net and the net uh, and the ball has to be in the net for uh like two seconds before a goal is scored oh wow okay so it seems like it'll be pretty interesting i mean everything they've done so far hoops 
drop shot, etc., is pretty fun when you get into it. I think this will be uh, when we get into it, we'll, we'll want it to stick around. But for now, it's just until August, and I think it pops in next week. Okay, that sounds pretty cool. I've I've been so focused, I guess, on everything else that when I saw that, I wanted to click on it, but I was like, uh, for whatever reason, I didn't. So I don't. I didn't really know about that game mode, but it seems like. Every time, uh, you know, they introduce something, whether it be a stadium or uh, a game mode, they say it's temporary, but then it sticks around forever. Like that farmstead or whatever they whatever they call that uh, field, they yeah. said that's only going to be there in the fall, and then you can still play at it now. Yeah, I think that was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that probably did go through the winter. I don't remember exactly. I think last year it definitely was only a seasonal thing. Yeah. And this year, you know, December 2018 and January 19, it stuck around. I'm not 100% sure of that, but I think it did. I don't think too many people like that stadium, though. So if you don't see it in your playlist, I think a lot of people have chosen not to select it. Man, I completely forgot that there was even a playlist thing. I mean, there's been so many features that have been added since, like, the original Vanilla Rocket League. Right, yeah. That I just completely forget about all these, like, older features. Because that was a while ago they introduced the playlist. If I remember correctly, who knows? Maybe two years ago. Man, just can't believe the game's that old. Right. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I'll probably be checking that out. I mean, there's every time there's a new game mode in Rocket League, it's just something that eventually you get tired of playing like the ranked matches, and it's like it's time for something else. So I'll right. Yeah. Probably be doing that. Kind of like a cooldown mode. You, yeah. You you wrap up. You get kind of tired of all the serious stuff, right? Playing casual and even more seriously and ranked. You just want to kind of blow off steam in one of the goofier modes. This will be among them. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how Rumble used to be, but now people get really mad in Rumble. So well, they made it ranked <laughs> and people get upset about it. Uh, it's still pretty enjoyable. I mean, there's nothing stopping you from turning it on mute unless you want to troll yourself. Yeah. It's kind of like freaking out at like Mario Kart or something. I mean, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. I, I completely missed that. So I'm glad you got that. Um, this next uh, story that I had was uh, for, actually from today. And that was the Google Stadia had a Stadia Connect uh, presentation, um, basically just going over things that they didn't necessarily cover in the previous announcement that they made for this thing. Um, so I guess Google Stadia is not really a piece of hardware. It's based around Google's cloud servers. And they released like kind of a pricing module for, uh, it's called the Stadia uh, Founders edition i guess that's what they called it and it includes basically a stadia controller a chromecast ultra which i have no idea what that is honestly i'm not really super excited about the stadia so i didn't really dig too deep into all this stuff um three months of stadia pro which i think is like the membership uh destiny 2 the collection which i guess is just destiny 2 with all the dlc uh, exclusive Stadia name, so I'm assuming that's similar to like an Xbox uh, gamer tag or a PSN name. So if you if you uh, reserve this or whatever, I guess you get to get your first dib at your Stadia name. And then a Stadia Buddy Pass, which I don't really know a whole bunch about that. So the thing with the Stadia is I I don't really like it for multiple reasons. The first one is that uh, the controller looks really crappy to me. <laughs> it looks really uh, ridiculous. Um, it looks very generic, nothing special. Um, but another part of this is I don't think, and this is judging off of trying out PlayStation Now at some point, 
I feel like the technology's not there yet. And I also don't like the way that they're pricing this thing because a membership is $9.99 for access to their servers. However, this isn't like a Netflix model type of uh, business structure where it's like you pay that $9 per month or $10 per month and you get access to all the games. Doing this basically just gives you like a free game per month, similar to a PlayStation Plus, uh, Xbox Game Pass, even though Xbox Game Pass is pretty freaking great because you get a ton of really good games. This, though, is you get a free game. The first one's going to be Destiny 2, the collection, um, which to me isn't all that exciting. And the membership just kind of gives you, like I said before, access to the server. So you actually have to still purchase these games separately so it's not included in that nine dollar fee or ten dollar fee so it doesn't really set itself up great because you're going to be asking your customers to purchase games that aren't even downloaded to anything it's just streaming it off a server so hypothetically speaking if this doesn't go well which i don't think it's going to honestly i just don't it basically means that you're spending money on something you don't physically have and you don't have on your hard drive and it's basically just going to be i mean up to google to keep those servers up so i just i don't really feel super comfortable about you know trusting that because i just i like i said i don't think the technology's there and i think that xbox um with their uh you know x cloud and all that i just think they have a much better chance at doing this and I just feel like their technology is just miles ahead of Google at this point so I'm not really super excited about it honestly uh, I mean I, I'm just learning about this today myself and uh, so what you're saying is the nine dollar ten dollars a month is that what that is yeah it's gonna be ten dollars a month so that's to access the servers yes where you can download games from yeah and it's it's weird because I think the $9 a month, I think you can actually access the servers for free. Okay. So the $9 a month, I guess, I kind of worded that wrong. It, it basically, it gives you access to like a free game per month. Um, and a then other game. features. Yeah. And it's funny because under the features, they actually list for both sides because it kind of had a chart where it's like, this is what you get with the uh, Stadia Pro membership. And this is what you get with just if you want to not pay that money. One of the features on both of them was that you can buy games at any time. Hmm, okay. So, I mean, that what's so different between that and everything else, it's kind of a stupid thing to add on there. Yeah, I like your point that this is all saved on cloud software, I guess. It's all sa saved in a cloud and not having the physical copy of the game on a hard drive. I would just hope that Stadia would be, if they support that essentially forever, um, maybe this isn't the best thing to use for those big story mode games, but like a Destiny 2, like Overwatch, like something you just turn on and play, uh, I guess it'll save all that progress when you're inside the game. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. What if this fails a year from now? I mean, Google, when it gets behind something, doesn't really, isn't really supposed to fail, right? Except Google Glass, that was a thing for a day and then went away. I don't, I don't know if this will do the same thing or not, but uh, I wonder where that Chrome, I guess that Chromecast is just a bonus 
I mean, I like that piece of hardware. It does a good job of streaming. Uh, but I wonder, if, I don't know if that's involved with this uh, video game streaming or not. That would be a nice thing to have anyway. Yeah. Do you get that when you subscribe for the first time? So that is actually packaged in with the uh, Founders Edition bundle. So that's one of the things that you get is kind of like a, a perk in a way. Okay. Um, I don't really, like I said, I didn't really like dig super deep into this because, I mean, part of me is just biased towards game hardware. Like I just, I, I like having the game hardware. Um, so this not being you know, attached to a dedicated piece of gaming hardware kind of makes me less interested in it. Um, yeah, it's like not tangible. Yeah. You know, PS4, right? You have PS now. That you yeah. can access the PSN network and download games and all that. If you were to cancel that, as far as I know, everything you've downloaded stays on your hard drive, even the ones you get free. I, I think I have that correct. Yeah, I mean, I think how PlayStation works is with free games, if if you get a free game from the PlayStation Network and you download it and your membership runs out, you don't have access to that free game until you restore your membership. Oh, now, if that. you okay. get like a game that's discounted, it's different. Like That game is going to be tied to your account regardless, but just because your membership ends doesn't mean that you're never going to get to play that game again you just have to you just have to renew it yeah okay which happens automatically anyway yeah okay i didn't know that all right yeah so this one though it just seems like um i don't know it just to me it just doesn't seem like a really good thing to invest in just because you're not really owning anything and i feel like there's a lot of pushback from people when games started to go digital i personally like the digital aspect of you know the the different um you know, online st shops that uh, PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo have, just because I, I like not having the physical games for games that I don't like really, really care about. In they most take up space. Yeah, in most cases, I'm the same way. I like just downloading things and not have to worry about the boxes. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of lazy of us, but, you know, it's kind of a hassle when you have to switch CDs. That is very uh, early 2000s. And yeah, it just gets old, and especially something like with like the 3DS or the Switch or the Vita where if you're going to be taking that thing around with you, it's better just to have everything on board. You don't have to bring all those games around and risk losing one of your games. Right. Now, the biggest issue probably with this, besides the pricing, which I think is just not, it's not realistic. I don't think people are really going to take to this, is that there is inherent latency with streaming games. Right, yeah. It won't work well with certain games unless the techno technology really evolves. Yeah. Um. You know, every online game has a certain amount of lag. Will this streaming make it worse? I don't know. It may not be measurable. You may not be able to tell on games like that. And I guess this will allow online play. Yeah, it should, yeah. Okay. Uh, some games you... I would hope that they would, they would invest in technology to make that as minimal as possible. I mean, even... There's lag involved with controllers that aren't wired into hardware. So, yeah, if you unless you're playing with a wire controller, there's always going to be some input lag. But they've done a really good job where that's not noticeable. So I'd, I'd, I would trust these guys to to make sure that's a small factor as possible. Yeah, because I think my experience with PlayStation Now, um, I think the game I tried to stream was Bioshock, and 
there was just a slight amount of input delay, which I guess if you play it enough, it doesn't really, I mean, it's not a, a huge deal, but for some games where you need to be quick and you need to be accurate, I feel like that might cause an issue. Now, that being said, PlayStation Now is, I think I mentioned this before, was really the weakest part of PlayStation's ecosystem, and it really wasn't their specialty. It was just kind of a, to me, it was kind of almost like a, a test feature um, for like the next thing. Google might have better technology, um, you know, running with this stuff, but just the way they kind of placed everything out, I mean, they were showing what kind of internet connection you would need for which resolution. Um, so that's kind of concerning because if you don't have a really good internet, chances are which you're probably, yeah. I mean, we'd, I mean, we'd probably be okay. Yeah, but we, you know, I imagine this would work really well with a gigabyte internet, which is very, which I don't know how common that is. It's not where we live. I know that. Yeah. Uh, but if you have that, uh, you probably can play games streaming this fairly decent resolution. Yeah. Yeah, because it go. I think it supports all the way up to 4K right now. Right. Um, and I imagine that whatever comes after 4K, if they stick around, I imagine they'll get to that point. Um, now, there was some opinions out there. Uh, this, honestly, I feel like this went by really negative for a lot of people. Um, I went ahead and just pulled some thoughts out here. Uh, this is from uh, Gabriel Kazoo. Uh, hopefully I said that right. Um, <laughs> it might be Gabriel Kazoo. I don't know. It's something like that. Uh, I've lost connection over six times. Random quality drops, and I'm using my college's internet, and the future is no disks or download. Please, Stadia. Um, which that that's also something to kind of consider because I feel like a lot of the the gamers out there are going to like universities and um, you know different areas where the internet connection might not be the best. Now, when you have like your Xbox or PlayStation, you can play single player games and not have any issue with that. Um, you know, you might have some issues if you play online, but I think most of the time, I feel like online gaming is kind of you know it's either laggy sometimes or it's not. So I don't think that's really a huge issue. I just feel like this one kind of doesn't mesh well with that kind of lifestyle or people that are living in maybe like a apartment with like shared internet or yeah economy internet yeah so i can definitely tell that people probably are going to be a little resistant to this because it just it's i just don't think that it's ready for like that type of scenario like that to me is like a actual real world scenario where people just wouldn't be able to operate their machine or well, I guess it's not a machine but they won't be able to operate or run their games the way they should be able to um, so I could definitely tell you know why people are kind of not all in on this because they're having a hard time with actual hardware that's plugged directly into the internet or you know with a local just wireless internet and you have the game running on your machine um, instead of having everything doing everything at once um, I also have another one. Uh, this one was more of a sarcastic. Um, and this is at uh, MeMan13. Wow, you can buy games whenever you want on Google Stadia. Unbelievable. Revolutionary technology. This is definitely not something that's been available on every console in the past 12 years. Not on Wii U, PS3, PS4, Xbox 360, Xbox One, or Switch. Amazing job, Google. I don't know why they included that in the, the features. I thought that was pretty ridiculous myself when I was reading it. Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, what's the what's the lie? 
did they talk about the library of games they'll have? So far, I've just heard about Destiny 2. I mean, well, there's I think there's going to be Destiny 2. The Division 2 is going to be on there. I think they had a, a decent amount of games on there. They revealed, like, I guess a new game that they kind of made it seem was going to be exclusive. Um, but I think it's really just a timed exclusive by like a couple months. And it's actually going to be going to Xbox as well. Um, but it was just weird. Like, it's almost like they kind of ran out of selling points. So they're just like, hey, you can buy games through the service. Yeah, it's not enough. It's got to be particular games, uh, new, good games. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's what works so well with Xbox and especially PS4, you know, things like Bloodborne, these exclusive these exclusives that move this hardware. I think, uh, you know, I don't know if they've got exclusives lined up. That'd be unbelievable if they do, and that would definitely help this sell these subscriptions sell yeah uh, maybe they're considering something they haven't revealed yet i don't know I, I didn't watch it myself but that would uh that would help them yeah and i think they eventually probably will have some exclusives on there um but uh someone that i was reading uh they actually brought up a good point where a lot of this footage they showed was you know more like stock footage it was more uh cut scenes and things that weren't actually running on the stadia itself um and they this was uh at Sam's Pro Station, my favorite part of Google Stadia stream was when they showed little to no gameplay of anything running on their service. They are trying to advertise. Good yeah. job, guys. There's an element of dishonesty there. But every every gaming company, console, video game, they'll show you stuff and put a disclaimer at the bottom that says not actual gameplay. Yeah. They'll have to show people more to get them involved. Yeah, and I feel like... Um, thing with stadia i guess it's going to be at e3 and it's going to be playable but with that internet there and everyone connecting i just can't imagine it doing a, a good job so that's going to be interesting to see i mean uh hopefully they're planning for that and that there'll be a lot of people a lot of people connecting and they've got uh, as best as they can uh the hardware to support this uh what they're going to reveal and display then yeah it, uh, yeah, I mean, I hope, I would hope that, you know, have trust in these guys to not completely bomb their own thing because they're not prepared on the backside of things, making sure this service runs properly when it's first revealed and can get into the hands of people who want to try it out. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, we'll see, I guess we'll see what, what's going to happen with that. Um, I just know, I think, I guess if I'm guessing that they probably tried to use this in some other uh, like popular situations like through conventions and, and whatnot. I'm sure they had because Google, I mean, they're pretty much everywhere. I mean, they can be wherever they want to be. Right. Um, so I'm sure that, you know, they probably did test it beforehand, or at least I'm hoping that they did. Um, and I just have one more tweet and then we'll close out this uh, this Google Stadia section um, because I feel like there there probably is a lot more there. But um, like I said before, I, I'm not I'm not really super excited about the stadia or you know their service um but this is at ak family home ak gotta love all the fantastic selling points of stadia such as why even bother having to download and install your game in a one-time process pre-order now to claim your username new releases sold separately there's probably cross saves with sony i don't know um so i guess we'll see what happens with that um that was uh I don't know, just, just given what, like, you know, the other companies have done, like Sony, what we talked about uh, previously with Sony and Microsoft teaming together, I mean, there's obviously a fear of what Google could accomplish, so um, 
maybe it's more or less behind the scenes and we don't really know too much yet until we actually see some gameplay. Yeah, maybe today was just, you know, wetting our appetites and we'll have some wild stuff in the next couple of days. Yeah, yes, yeah, so we'll see what happens. Um, this next topic uh, happened yesterday, and that was the Pokemon Sword and Shield uh, Nintendo Direct. Now, did you get to see that at all? Yeah, I watched the new trailer. Okay. Uh, pretty, you know, there's... It, it looks really good. A lot of different colors. Uh, very vibrant world. They revealed the legendaries, which uh, are, look very similar to each other. Uh, obviously, one based uh, like a shield. Like a shield is built into him. He's very shieldy, like this dog, this legendary dog. I don't remember the name. I can't either. I don't know. Uh, he looks pretty cool. Um and of course, everyone's saying, and I agree with this: the sword doggo is kind of like Sif from Dark Souls. Got yeah. the sword in his mouth. I think Sif is actually based on some other type of Japanese legend. I don't remember what that is, but uh, they look kind of ordinary. Uh, but you know, being a Dark Souls fan, I do like seeing the dog with a sword in his mouth. Um, it uh, it looks looks pretty cool. I probably won't get it. It definitely, you know, it probably is going to be pretty nice having it on the Switch and on the big screen and all that. Uh, actually, you know, that, that would probably, be a, you know, expand the experience for the first time. Yeah. They revealed these big Pokemon. I don't know what the story is with that. Uh, you know how Mario Kart, like, will give you certain gimmicks and it takes them away the next iteration of Mario Kart? Uh, that's kind of like what Pokemon's been doing of late. First you have the Mega Evolutions, then you have the Z-Moves, and now you have giant Pokemon. Right away as I saw that, you know, you saw that part, right, when the Pokemon turned big? I do, yeah. It's called, um, let me see if I have it. Uh, Dynamaxing yeah, or something? Dynamax, yeah. Uh, as soon as I thought that, and I think everyone who is a fan of Generation 3, what happens when Whale Lord Dynamaxes? <laughs> like, does he turn into the planet? Like, it does he turn into the size of the moon? <laughs> doesn't make any sense. I mean, like the smallest Pokemon turned to the sides of the stadium. What's what's Whaler going to be? I imagine they'll just make him, you know, within a certain pixel size and just bore everybody. Yeah. Same with same with the other giant Pokemon. So I don't know what the what the story is there. That may be cool. It may not. Just making Pokemon bigger. Why can't you just expand the Mega Evolution class? I don't I don't understand certain things like that. Yeah. Uh, Create, you know, do the Generation Two Mega Evolutions. What, why, why isn't there? You got Generation One, Generation Three. Uh, do they have Generation Four Mega Evolutions? I don't remember. But Generation Two remember. is lacking for for some reason. Why not just just expand the Mega Evolutions? Yeah. Uh, I don't like gimmicks that come and go. I'm not a big fan of that. Keep expanding, um, but keep 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 the old things too. Yeah. Uh, people people love Mega Evolutions. They made everyone look cool, or different, or make weaker Pokemon more powerful, etc. So these giant things are kind of kind of dumb. Uh, it probably it will be cool to play Pokemon on the big screen, a real Pokemon game in a long, long time. Um, you know, I, just when I watch it, I do get kind of nostalgic for how the the simplicity of of the older Pokemon games. But I can appreciate what they're doing. Yeah, it looks great. It, it looks great. Uh, the world looks vast. There's Pokemon in the overworld, which is one of my biggest complaints from the other games. Yeah, that yeah, they're completely absent from the other games, right? Uh, so that that's a nice addition. Uh, what did you think of the the trailer and the information they gave us? Well, I made a episode 
I guess back when they first revealed the games and the titles, and I basically said that they played it too safe. I said I wanted this game to be similar to Breath and the uh, Breath of the Wild, but with Pokemon roaming, you know, in big, tall, grassy areas, and uh, you know, you get to go and see like a herd of Pokemon and all that stuff. I said it probably wouldn't happen in like a a mainline Pokemon series game that have to make something like that. I'm pretty sure I bashed the fact that there was no you know, online like co-op features or anything like that. And I bashed the world for being too linear, just judging off of what the map looked like. I kind of speculated where everything was. You know, I I said the open world or the open uh, field that's like towards like the beginning portion of the map. I said that's probably going to be a little area where, you know, you might be able to explore some places. But I kind of figured that some of it would be unexplorable. And I, uh, I just, I wasn't excited for it. I was very skeptical about it and I didn't really think that they did Pokemon. Like, I don't think they did justice with the hardware that they had. Now, when I watched this trailer though, I have to say that I'm actually really impressed. Okay. So a lot of the complaints that I had about the initial trailer was that I just, I thought that it wasn't going to be the way that this trailer has now portrayed it to be. Uh, I love the open world. I love like the open worldy areas. I love Pokemon being out in the open. Um, that's something that Earthbound does with the enemies. That's something a lot of different RPGs, uh, JRPGs, uh, do with the enemies. I think it's better. I think it's, you know, it saves you time. You don't have to go randomly looking in grass to find a Pokemon that you're looking for. And like that universe has so many awesome. Uh, like, you know, Pokemon and and characters that it's like, I want to be able to see them out in the open. I want to be able to see this world that I consider pretty interesting in a more like intimate way. So I think that it's, I think it's really awesome. I love the, how you can have a bike again. I like that water bike thing they showed. I thought that looked awesome. I love the different uh, areas. And apparently in those open areas, you have free camera control. But for people that don't really want that out of a Pokemon game, in the other more tighter areas, you know, you'll have random encounters with Pokemon. You'll have just the, you can, you know, go wherever you need to go. Uh, Apparently, Z-moves are back. Uh, I did read about that today. Okay, I didn't know that. All right. Um, Mega Evolutions, I haven't heard anything about it. And I think, I think you're right. I think they're, they're just gone. Um, When it comes to the giant Pokemon, I love how there's a, online multiplayer and local wireless multiplayer mode which i always have said with every switch game that comes out and there's like you know split screen and then there's online it's like these things are awesome with local wireless play like that was something that made the ds line special it's something that made uh you know the game boy advance sp and the game boy advance special when they had those wireless adapters mm-hmm. uh it's something that made the 3ds special so i'm really happy they have local wireless play for this game and the fact that now uh it's, i guess they're considered like online raid battles where like one person in your party gets to be a giant pokemon but you can only use one person in in your team that can do that and i think it doesn't last forever if i remember correctly i think it only lasts like three turns but apparently those big pokemon have special like features and they have special attacks that are much stronger than 
like opponents that you'll face like in the actual like base game. So I think that is really cool how they actually did something like that. Because how long have people been wanting to have like a, a massive multiplayer Pokemon or at least a multiplayer Pokemon game? Long time. And it's like they're finally doing something. They're they're taking a step to that direction. So if they continue doing stuff like that and they build off this one and this one's successful, which it will be, like I'm very interested to see the future of Pokemon beyond this. But as just a trailer in general, I think I personally like the Dynamax features. Uh, I liked how the stadium looks super crammed and you have like these Titan Pokemon battling and the crowd's going crazy because apparently the crowd will react to the big attacks and the big Pokemon. The, the stadium gets louder. So I'm interested to see how that factors into the gameplay. Um, I love how the gyms look like stadiums and how in this, uh, is it the, the Gala region or Garler? What is uh, it? Galar? Or Galar, something? Something like that, based off of uh, the UK, England. Yeah, so I guess they base these kind of off of like uh, soccer matches in a way. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, soccer stadiums. There's soccer stadiums all across England as far as I know. Yeah, so and apparently Pokemon battling is their preferred form of entertainment. So when you go to these gyms, it's like being in an actual sporting stadium and you get to have those huge Titan-sized Pokemon, which I just, I don't know. I, I just, I think it's really exciting. Um, it adds something new. At least it adds a new aesthetic to the game. Um, I think all the new Pokemon designs look really good. Um, I feel like some of them, after you know, generation and generation, have looked stale. But I think the ones they showed actually look pretty good. You saw the the Raven. That's like a knight. Like, yeah, it's like very black, very very dark colors. Yeah, that looked pretty different. Uh, you know, they you know how much can you do to a bird Pokemon to make it do? I, I look that kind of was fairly striking to me. Yeah. And then the uh, the sheep, people love that sheep. I think it's one of the most ordinary things I've ever seen, but yeah, I, I agree. A lot of people are, are hopping on the sheep bandwagon. Yeah, and um, when it comes to like picking up like tweets and stuff, I honestly only grabbed one because Twitter right now, if you type in Pokemon, it is extremely toxic. You don't know what you're going to get. And I stumbled across a few images that I'll probably never get out of my brain ever. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, and they're actually surrounding the sheep. Um which I find very weird. So uh, I just had I just had one tweet. Um, this is from uh, Sonia Mednick, and she said, "I am so hyped for Pokemon Sword and Shield. Like I don't know the last time I've been this excited for a new Pokemon game. All the starters are so cute, and I actually like the starters a lot. Apparently, they they each have their own characteristics. Uh, apparently, like Sobble cries when it feels threatened." Or something like that, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, you can see like the little tears under his eyes. Yeah, um, apparently it's like a as potent as like a hundred onions or something like that oh as teardrops. Um, so it's cool. Um, I just uh, I think they just really they passed what my expectations were for the game because I literally thought this was just going to be like every other Pokemon game, but now it seems like. You know, it kind of has that Breath of the Wild feeling. Like, after I played that game, a lot of these other games feel very closed in. And, you know, for, like what I said in the, the episode I talked about this, I just felt like a world as interesting as Pokemon deserves to have a more expansive world. You shouldn't be, you know, tightroping throughout the entire game on just certain paths. Um, so the fact that you get to kind of explore the world a little bit, 
that to me is really exciting and that's exactly what I asked for and this is much like uh Sonia Mednick uh this is something that I am legitimately now excited for and I probably wasn't this ex- I probably hasn't haven't been this excited for a Pokemon game since uh Pokemon X and Y or Soul Silver which uh which version are you going to get um I was thinking about getting the shield version just because i feel like most people are going to get the sword version yeah uh probably have to take the uh shield version too but commonly in towards that sword version just for the dark souls aspect of it but i would hope that before uh yeah what happens with the other pokemon games you wind up knowing which pokemon are in which version so even if i kind of want the sword dog over the shield dog there's a potential where the Pokemon who do reside in the Shield Pokemon game are just more to my liking than the ones in the in the Sword Pokemon yeah. game. So we'll have to see uh, what happens when those Pokemon come out. And other differences, there's always version differences other than the Pokemon that are in them. So we'll have to find out what that is before I can make a determination which one I get. Yeah, I'm probably going to do the same thing. Obviously, you can hit up like Cerebi.net or... Uh, I think that's what it's called still, right? It's .net. Yeah, uh, Cerebi.net. Yep, absolutely. Still, um, still kicking. Yeah, so I mean that, any information you need on Pokemon, you can always just head on over to, to there um, because that's probably what I'll do. Um, but I didn't have like a, a ton of the, the details written down for this um, for this game, but I just thought that overall uh, it, it just exceeded what I was expecting out of it. And I'm honestly really excited to um, to get back into this and to try it out. I mean, this is the first actual Pokemon game this generation, and this is the best hardware it's ever been on. Yeah, I'll probably wait until you get it and play it and say if it's good or bad or not, and then I'll make a decision if I want to play Pokemon again for the first time in a long time. Yeah, now I know Emmy, our sister, she is super excited about this game. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely going to get the Sword one, just like me. She's a big Sith fan from Dark Souls. Yeah. Big fan of the dog. Uh, so she's definitely going to get sword and ex- is definitely excited about it. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she ended up getting both. Uh, I don't know about that. That's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently they do have a bundled version. I'm not sure if it's cheaper if you get the bundled version. You know, it'd be nice if they brought back the third versions of the games. That would be really interesting. I kind of feel half like the money, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, that would be that would be nice. I feel like they'll probably do like the sequel treatment to these though. If we're talking long term. Yeah. So uh, probably that's what they've been doing in the other generations. I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. But uh, man, I remember when Mom brought brought home that Pokemon Emerald. Oh my God! I was in the living room and that brand green, brand new green shiny box. I was like, Wow, this is the greatest thing ever! And it was. It was. It was amazing. Uh, I didn't know Mom got you that. Yep. I think I just asked for it one day. There's little kids. Right. That came out in uh, 2005, maybe. Wow. And that just, long. Yeah. I was just asked. I just asked for it. Mom, can you get me this? And I don't think I don't know if she gave me a straight answer or not, but maybe like an afternoon later she had brought me. I'm like, oh my god, this is like this is amazing. <laughs> uh, still have that cartridge in my uh, on my night uh, in my night table. Well, because I think that um, you played my Sapphire game, and I guess right. I got mad at you because my character wasn't there anymore. It's not like I got far anyway. I don't know what happened there. Uh, I don't remember. I think I probably put it. I don't remember. I know I did that to Emmy's crystal. She was like, uh, I don't know, a day into it. Yeah. Very, very short amount of time. She was very upset. But I think she, she Yeah, she got to uh, catch Suicune, and I think I, I don't know if she got that far or not, but I think she did, and I erased it because 
you know, that game, those games didn't have multiple save files. I don't think they still do. No, they don't. Uh, so I don't know what happened with your Sapphire. I think, you know, I think when you do your Sapphire, you had gotten to a certain point and I'm like, you didn't want to play it anymore. Yeah, because I was playing Leaf Green still, I think. Okay, I'm like, well, I'll play it. You're like, okay. And I think you had second thoughts after I'd like beaten it. Oh, yeah, I think you beat it. And then for whatever reason, I got mad. And then I was like, you know, screw you. I'm going to delete this. Right. I don't, I, I don't really know what the thought process was behind that. Yeah. But it ended up getting you uh, Emerald, I guess, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, when I played that game, I, went, I just wanted more. Uh, I think it was in your Sapphire where I had uh, not used the Master Ball on the Black Rayquaza. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> one of the probably worst video game memories ever. I didn't realize what I had. It was one of those things you don't realize you had. Uh, you know, it was, just, it was, you know, like I said, just a little kid, maybe, uh, I don't know, 12, 13. And I was just like, oh, don't worry. I'll just keep going back to him to see if I could find the Black Rayquaza again. No, oh, that's God. not how it works. That's not how it works. Uh, one in many thousands and thousands of uh, chance to uh, get that. Wow. Get that. So I definitely regret that. You see, the thing is, if I had gotten that Black Rayquaza, he'd still be around in the games today. There's probably a way to bring him through Generation 3, through Generation 4, through Generation 5, through Generation 6, Generation yeah. 7, Generation 8. He'd still be around today in the most modern uh, games. That's what really just bugs me. I know. Yeah, he could be in your Pokemon bank. He could be. I could have just uh, siphoned him from your game, put him in mine somehow, and uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely regretful. Well, um, at least you didn't catch him, and I didn't delete your file. Uh, yeah, because yeah. that would have been even worse. That would have been bad. That would have been like I succeeded, <laughs> but still ultimately failed. I would feel better if it was a, like a, a shiny legendary in Generation Two, which cannot go into Generation Three. But yeah, yeah. Oh man, kind of a sad memory. Well, imagine catching that, and then your battery dies on your on your cartridge. Something like that. There's probably a whole bunch of things that would have happened if I did catch him that would just not make it. So you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was for the best at the end of the day. Um, I don't want to get too off topic here, but it what bothered me about Emerald and um, Sapphire and Ruby. I know people are going to freak out because I said Sapphire and Ruby and not Ruby, uh, Ruby and Sapphire in that order. Yeah. People are going to freak out like, what the hell's going on? Um, but no, uh, it always bothered me that you go to that space station and they would never take you to space. Yeah, wouldn't it be cool if they had an in-game event where you can go to the moon and meet Jirachi? Why, yeah. yeah. Why can't we have nice things when it comes to Pokemon? They did weird things back then. You know, oh, God. You include something in the game that you're only going to introduce once or twice. There are, right, there are ROM hacks out there where you can get the Delta ticket for Deoxys, something like that. All those tickets had weird names. You can go to the islands. Like there's even an island with Ho-Oh and Lugia. Yeah, you can have like a Ho-Oh and Lugia island, some random ass island. Uh, like the Mirage ticket, something something like that. I think the Mirage ticket was for uh, Mew. Which is awesome. That's an emerald only area. Uh, was, that was pretty awesome back in the day. Why can't you have a special space mission with Jirachi? Why can't you do it? It's a video game. Use I know. some creativity. Why does every interesting thing have to be an event that's impossible to get? Uh, yeah, I don't know. We can, we can rant about bad decisions by unfortunate decisions by Pokemon forever, but I agree with you 100. percent That would have been awesome. It would have been a very memorable moment. It would have been legendary. I mean, those games were legendary anyway. Why not just add more to it? Especially because they tell you about it. That's like going in Kanto and then yeah, telling you about the SSN and then not being able to go on it. Uh, is that like in the Generation 2 games? Th that's in the, the Kanto ones. So. Well, you can go to it early in the game, right? And once you do it once, it's done? Yeah, use your ticket. I don't think it ever... I don't know if it really actually ever departs. 
when you get on it. I think you go on it when it's coming back. At least that's how it is in uh, Let's Go Pikachu. But it's like that's like you know them talking up something, and then you can't go on it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, there's a lot of regretful things they do, uh, but I'm sure there's a cool ROM hack out there where you can you have all the tickets available to you. You can go to those areas, but I don't think there's one that can take you to Jirachi or, or elsewhere. It'd be nice if there was. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's probably some scam online or just a false. False information on there that t- tells you, you know, beat the Elite Four a hundred times, uh, <laughs> and restart your game, and you can when next time you get to the rocket ship, you can get to Jirachi. No, don't don't do that. Yeah, it didn't work. Yeah, yeah. That, that's just it's so disappointing because that would have been awesome. Um, now heading back into these other to this, you know, Sword and Shield game, uh, I did not see anything about a day and night cycle. However, I did see a screenshot where the sky was purple, so I'm thinking that. It might have been later on in the day. I honestly missed the day and night cycle. So you didn't play Generation 7, right? Uh, was that Sun and Moon? Yeah. I did not. I didn't either. I will get around to that. Uh, probably never. Um, <laughs> well, was there one in X and Y? No. Are you s- serious? Okay. Um, there was one in Diamond and Pearl, though, wasn't there? Uh, yes, there was. Ruby and Sapphire, no. Yes. Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald. That's what's kind of frustrating about those games, too, because Generation 2 had it. How do you have something in Generation freaking 2 on Game Boy Color software, a day and night cycle, and take it away for Generation 3? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And bring it back 4. I'm pretty sure 5 had it. 5 had seasons as well. Well, It's like you're on backwards time. Uh, I don't know if... X and Y had seasons or a day-night cycle. You're saying it does not have a day-night cycle. No. I haven't played enough to realize that. That's just horrendous. you got to have a day-night cycle. Um, I'm thinking that the reason why the Game Boy Advance games didn't have it was because, unlike the Game Boy Color cartridges, they didn't have timers. Um, there is something with a timer in the, I think the timer is associated with the battery I cell so in the Game Boy Advance games. But even so, that wasn't accurate time, though, I don't think, when I don't, you turned it on. Uh, Generation 2 had a clock. I don't think Generation 3 did. Like, you couldn't look up the... T- you couldn't set the time. Although there are... there, You know, berries grow on a certain... That's the big thing about Generation 3, berries grow. That's right. So how did they do that? There's... There, I think there is an internal clock with that battery, but for whatever reason, they didn't add a day-night cycle to that clock free feature. I don't think there's any way in Generation 3 games, at least in the Game Boy Advance Generation 3 games, uh, you know, I don't know what ROM hacks have done, etc., uh, where you cannot see the physical clock. There is a code you can put in for Generation 2. There is a way to visit and change that clock. Okay. Uh, I didn't realize that about X and Y. I must not have played enough to re- either realize or make sure it's a problem. I'd be horrendously disappointed if that is not on here for the Switch, you have to have a day-night cycle. Otherwise, yeah. it just feels stale. It's boring. I think I don't know if I mentioned this when we were talking about Saints Row 4 last week or two weeks ago. One of the things I hate about that game is it's nighttime all the time. It's boring. Oh, God. Yeah, it's it would drive me crazy. When you play GTA 5, what happens? It's day-night cycle. I mean, it's like almost annoying in the, when it's, it's... It's very refreshing when you go from day to dusk to night to dawn, etc., yeah. Uh, you know, Sekiro and uh, Dark Souls 3 and Bloodborne, you have this day-night cycle, but as you progress through the game, the sky changes. So it's a little bit different, but at least they have something. Uh, to be daytime all the time really is inexcusable for Pokemon in 2019. When Generation 2 did it, 
1998. Yeah. So they need to make sure that's in there, or that's just horrendous. Especially with all that color. Yeah. One of the best things about Heart Gold and Soul Silver is when you go to catch Ho-Wo at dusk, it's like all this fall-esque orange, dust colors, blue and orange and purple. And you, see, you go up on the tin tower and you sit in there, and when you play them, it's like this orange, blue, and purple tint. It, it reminds you of dust. It's like you're really playing as the sun's setting. I mean, you cannot, you, you got to have those moments in these newer games when you have the hardware. There's no excuse. Generation 2 started it. It's, it's got to be in all of them. Yeah. It's got to be in the newest one. Yeah. Uh, they, they can use that type of, you know, as the sun sets or the sun rises in some cinematic elements of these games. I mean, it's done all the time, and it really adds a breathing, living effect to the games. Yeah. So if they don't have that in there, I'd be fairly disappointed. I hope they do. Hopefully that purple thing was a hint that there is a dusk, dawn, night, day thing in there. I hope so, too, because one of my favorite things about Diamond and Pearl was when it was nighttime, you go to that uh, that one area. I forget if it's like a... I forget what it is, but it's like a shrine or something. Um, and you go inside the building, and then you can catch certain Pokemon at night. Like, I like that. I like how it feels more like a living and breathing world when it's like that. So, yeah, I mean, you can say the same thing with Generation 5, right? Yeah. And the seasons put snow on the ground so you can get to higher elevations in certain places. Yeah. It adds a lot of replayability and revisiting to your games. Yeah. Uh, and it, Well, here's, here's an even better example. Generation 2, only certain Pokemon would come out at night. Generation 2, they had that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, inexcusable if that doesn't show up in newer iterations of Pokemon. And especially with these new environments that you can now explore uh, in, you know, with the with full camera control. You have all these beautiful environments. I want to be able to go there at night and see exactly. ghost Pokemon floating around. Exactly, yes. It'd be uh, awesome. They have to have that in there. They have to. Uh, that's like... Uh, yeah, uh, Legend of Zelda, right? Uh, Ocarina of Time. When you're in Hyrule Field, Hyrule Field in daytime, uh, I don't know if there's much there. Not much, yeah. In Twilight Princess Hyrule Field, you have those cactuses. I think that chase you around, and some pigs in the big, you know, in the, I guess the uh, western Hyrule Field. But in um, in Ocarina of Time, the skeleton things come out at night. So I'd be yeah. you know, kind of a Pokemon be following that legacy. Uh, with ghost Pokemon at nighttime, or at least in certain areas, right? Like if they have like a graveyard or something like that. Yeah, Breath of the Wild does the same thing. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, Breath of the Wild has some precedent there. I mean, Zelda's been doing that for a long time, so that'd be cool. Pokemon has a, uh, a feature similar to that. Yeah, I, and I think that they're getting a lot of inspiration from Breath of the Wild, so that's why I'm hoping there is, you know, that you know, night and day cycle. I kind of wish it was Animal Crossing style, though, in real time. But I can see how that would kind of be annoying because Animal Crossing, if you're trying to catch like a scorpion or a tarantula, you have to wait super late into the night. And it's probably not the best thing for Pokemon where you're trying to complete your Pokedex. Yeah. I mean, older, a lot of, I mean, kids who are, you know, have summer vacation, well, these come out in November, so that's not going to help them. No. Um, but it's easier for, I think, younger kids to stay up later with these games, and there will be early 20, late 20 people, probably people in their 30s playing these who have to go to work uh, early that can't deal with that Animal Crossing style, although that would be the most realistic. I think Generation 5 did it the most, where within, like, uh, three months you can visit the Four Seasons or something like that, something like that. Yeah. Uh, all the Four Seasons worth of features uh, are available to you in a short period of time. That's the best way to do it. Yeah, so I think if they did it, like, Stardew Valley-esque, you know, in that way, 
Um, Stardew Valley. I don't know. I, I don't know how you're how familiar you are with that. Not game. Not really. No. Um, so basically, you have like a day, but it's on like an accelerated clock. This is probably a little bit too too dramatic for Pokemon, but you're basically on an accelerated clock, then you have to go to sleep, and then it starts over again. I don't. I wouldn't want that for Pokemon, but something not as fast because you could probably get done a day in like ten minutes, like an entire day. Okay. Probably less than that. Remember, uh, not, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Nightmare Troubadour. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the longer your duels went on, more daytime would go. You can only stay a certain amount of time at night before you were forced to go back home and go to bed. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that game actually was... We're definitely going to have to talk about that game at some at point. At some point. Um, because that game was excellent, even though it had like a serious bug that I encountered like thrice. Yeah, I know at least twice I think my game crashed because that was one of those classic games I used an action replay with. Oh, really? Yep, and of course, what other code, cheat code, would you want to use on that game but getting all the cards, which it didn't give me. It should have given me three of every card. I don't know why this cheat code is so messed up, but it would like give me like three of some, and some wouldn't show up at all. Uh, we can go on and on about that yeah. game, but yeah, it's definitely definitely buggy. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely get to that game at some point because that is a that that was definitely my, one of my favorite DS games of all time. Um, now this next game on the list, we're gonna move from Pokemon. This next game was actually a game I wanted to talk about too. But I never expected to talk about it in this way. And that is SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrate. Um, this is what THQ Nordic tweeted out. They said, who lives in a pineapple under the sea but isn't coming to E3? SpongeBob is coming to PC and consoles. Uh, he went ahead and tagged Nickelodeon Purple Lamp, who's the development team, Um and THQ Nordic, we are happy to announce SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated, um, which is pretty uh, pretty crazy. I don't know how you feel about this, but this is actually, to me, is freaking awesome. You know, we talked a couple weeks ago about my first video game was being Sonic 2, but my first video game on PlayStation 2 was SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom. And from the get-go... Uh, it was just an amazing game, very authentic. You go to Jellyfish Fields right away, popular area in the show. You know, it's SpongeBob's voice in the video game. It's Tom Kearney. Uh, it's a shame that uh, some other voice actor um, uh, are not the genuine ones. But, that, you know, it's like Mr. Krabs or whatever, big deal. The gameplay is really amazing. And for those who haven't played that game before, it's almost like a... Super Mario 64 copycat, only SpongeBob. I mean, you collect gold spatulas instead of stars, and you play as SpongeBob in some areas, and uh, Sandy in some areas, and Patrick in some areas. I think Sandy is really fun because you get to loop around with her lasso for certain uh, Texas emblems. I always looked forward to playing her part. You go back to that game now, it looks like absolute crap <laughs> through no fault of its own. Same thing about uh, Simpsons Hit and Run and other games on PS2, which at the time, you know, when you play Sega, uh, Sega Genesis and all the 2D games, when you get to PlayStation 2, these games are absolutely revolutionary. Same with uh, Twilight Princess for me when the Wii came out. It's like I've never seen anything as beautiful and well thought out and rich uh, in my life. Well, SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom was a fresh new experience I never had before. Uh, Couple it with its amazing gameplay. Uh, it, it was uh, experience I, I still kind of uh, think about from time to time. 
And there's been a lot. You go on the internet, uh, people talking about on threads where what game really needs remaster. This game is always, almost always mentioned. Just because it ha- it's just a thorough, fun, simplistic game experience. Uh, I'm really wondering what they'll do, how good they're going to make this look. I mean, I can't even imagine them being incredibly genuine with how, at least how SpongeBob looks. We know how SpongeBob looks on the TV show. I mean, how how clean are they going to make this look? Are they just going to clean up the graphics from the old look? Because it looks it looks pretty terrible by today's standards. So I, I'm really looking forward to the potential of this. I don't think they showed any images from the game yet. Uh you know, I think SpongeBob is the one that just looks kind of wonky. Some of the other, I think if you go back and look at Patrick and Sandy, they look just fine. Uh, same with the NPCs like Mr. Krabs, etc. Uh, would it be wild is they add more playable characters, but that game is really built around those three. Yeah. Um, Sp- Sp- yeah, they really could touch up SpongeBob and make the environment a little bit brighter. I think a lot of those areas are fairly dull, at least compared to modern day standards. So if they brighten that up a bit, you'd have a really special experience that's probably just as fresh as the first time you played it. It really is that good. I mean, they give you abilities, all the bubble abilities, like the Viking Helmet 1 and the, my personal favorite, the Guided Missile. When you get that, that really changes things up. Uh, but there's things to collect, like Patrick's Socks. I think when you get enough of those, he gives you golden spatulas. I mean, uh, there's probably it'd be nice if they added to the gameplay as well, maybe some uh, better epilogue. Or added a few levels from later on in the series, etc. So I'm really excited about it. Uh, very, very happy to hear that they're they're rehydrating it. Yeah. Now I, I we talked about this before we started recording. I didn't want to show you any of these images, but if you go on Steam right now, you can actually look up the images of the character models. Um, it's kind of a mix between the show and their old character models, but everything is being completely redone. Yeah, even from that image you're showing me now, I mean, that looks really vibrant. So if the game ultimately looks like that, uh, yeah, that looks adorable. It's almost like a Wind Waker-esque. Yeah, it definitely has that classic yeah. look, but they've definitely touched it up. Yeah, so it's it's going to be all redone, and it's has a nice. decent amount of bloom in there, similar to Wind Waker. It's very similar style, so yeah. um, that's exactly right. Um, and... I think you'll be happy with a lot of the things that they actually ended up putting on the description in here. Um, it's funny, though, because, you know, Steam has those system requirements and release dates and all that. Right. For the system requirements for everything, for, like, operating system, processor, graphics, for, like, the minimum and the recommended, every single thing on here says, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. So you can go ahead and take a look at that. That's right. Uh, I guess these are just kind of placeholders for right now. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what they uh, add uh, in in their places. So and then the uh, the release date also says, which is pretty funny. Uh, release date in parentheses when I'm ready. So I thought that was pretty clever. Um, but there's actually some pretty uh, some pretty awesome things that they're going to be including. So. Under the About This Game, and I don't know if you saw the teaser trailer. No, I didn't. Uh, the teaser trailer is, I don't know if I can play it without it being copyright, um, but basically he does like the like the magic conch shell type thing, but okay. you just hear a whole bunch of people behind him. That's the entire trailer. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, now, the description on that video and on the Steam store 
Uh, it says, Are you ready, kids? The cult classic is back. Faithfully remade in Sponge-tastic splendor. Play as SpongeBob, Patrick, and Sandy, and show the evil plankton that crime pays even less than Mr. Krabs. Want to save Bikini Bottom from lots of rampant robots with your mighty bubbles? Of course you do. Want to go underpants bungee jump? Or want to underpants bungee jump? Why wouldn't you? Want to join forces in a brand new multiplayer mode? The battle is on. Who knows what that's supposed to be? I wonder if you can co-op bosses and stuff. I mean, that'd be crazy. So, that they actually, I think they do address that here in the game features. Um, so the game features uh, play as SpongeBob, Patrick, and Sandy, and use their unique sets of skills, which we already know that. Uh, thwart, uh, thwart Plankton's evil plan to rule Bikini Bottom with his army of wacky robots. Meet countless characters from the beloved series. Now that was just like I guess that didn't really sound like features to me, but um, now here's a remake features. It's a faithful remake of one of the best SpongeBob games ever created. High-end visuals, modern resolutions, and carefully polished gameplay. Uh, brand new horde mode multiplayer for up to two players online and split screen. Restored content that was cut from the original game. Wow. Like Robo Squidward boss fight and more. I think there's an anchor arm SpongeBob boss fight in there too. Wow. Okay. I'd like to see some voice acting like uh, Tom Clancy, Clancy Jones. What's, I forget the Mr. Krabs. Voice actor. It'd be amazing. One of the things uh, frustrating me about the old game is that Mr. Krabs' voice actor is not there. I think it actually may be Tom Kearney. That sounds right. Tom Kenny. I forget how to pronounce his last name. Uh, doing Mr. Krabs' voice. It'd be nice if they could get his voice actor for this game. Yeah, I think that would be that would be freaking awesome. Um, now this game is going to be uh, developed by. Uh, Purple Lamp, which I guess is a development team that is under the THQ Nordic umbrella. Uh, back when it was released before, it was Heavy Iron Studios, but they unfortunately or fortunately went uh, independent in 2009. I'm not sure if they even do anything anymore. Um, so Purple Lamp, this might kind of be their first main game that they're doing. So it looks like from those images, though, that they're doing a good job polishing it up. Um, now there's uh, some reaction on Twitter. Obviously, this was this got probably more positive reaction than Pokemon did. So, uh, we have at Marcusus. He says, "I can't believe this is happening. I'm so excited." Uh, Salty DK Dan just realized that if I play the new SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom on my Switch, I'll be able to play it with a GameCube controller, the exact controller I played the first game with as a kid. So I'm going to be doing that now. And then uh, ELT Elite says, So now that we're finally getting a remaster of SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom, can Simpsons Hit and Run be next? Yeah, that's like the one-two punch, right? Yeah. Um, that, I mean, this it's it's obviously this guy. This has been something, again, that's been on these lists, that games that deserve a remake for a long time. And it's well-renowned. There's no controversy around this game. I mean, it's just a standard solid platformer yeah that has one of the greatest cartoons ever made as its uh substance so yeah i mean people have been talking about this and then they got it i mean people have been i guess paying attention online and we're going to get rewarded with this game i don't think this is going to be too difficult to screw up i'm you know uh you said adjustments to gameplay hopefully they make the controls just more responsive and 
uh, make SpongeBob more controllable uh, instead of that rotating thing he does in the old game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's great to see people are excited. Uh, Simpsons Hit and Run being the next one that definitely needs a remake, a nice PG-13 GTA variation. But the SpongeBob thing, uh, it's kind of a no-brainer, really. I mean, there's been so... And SpongeBob's been going on since this game came out. So there's going to be a lot of new people who didn't get the chance to play this on the PlayStation 2 when they were just little kids who yeah. were still fans of SpongeBob getting in on this action for every platform uh, next year. So this this is a this is a new no brainer. Uh, maybe this will open the door up to, you know, th- it's a great formula. Maybe this will open things up to a new SpongeBob game with even more different stuff at a couple of years from now. Yeah. So interesting to watch. Yeah, I think that is going to be. Uh, just really cool just to see how all these new uh, game players that have grown up with Spongebob 2 that just were too young back then to really know about this game, um, how they take to this. And the fact that, I mean, this game really, it, it almost feels like it had no right to be as good as it was. Um, like this was like a, I mean, this is considered a, a classic platforming game. Like people talk about this and they talk about it, you know, next to, you know, like the Marios and you know, the Banjo-Kazooie and all, like, the different types of, uh, you know, platformer slash collectathon type games. Um, this is, uh, like, this is, and this, move, like, move kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I feel like no one really expected this game to truly get, like, this remastering. Yeah, just a really big wish list item that no yeah. one knew anything about its, oh, wait, this is this could be a real thing, and it is. Yeah, so uh, seeing that just like come out of nowhere right before E3, I mean that's that's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's like Christmas six months early. Yeah, uh, man, it's gonna be great to revisit a lot of those areas. I mean, it is in essence Super Mario sixty four, which a lot of people consider one of the greatest games of all time. Yeah, and it's instead of Mario, it's it's SpongeBob uh, with Patrick and Sandy, and the Mermalayer and Rock Bottom, and. Uh, you know, that shipyard with the uh, uh, Flying Dutchman, and you go to the kelp uh, forest. Uh, hopefully they brighten that level up. Um, I'm sure they will, yeah. Uh, but Jellyfish Fields and downtown. Uh, I mean, it's just, it was just going through that game for the first time, it's like, oh, man, all these areas are like the famous areas from the show. Uh, it's it's uh, it's, it's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be pretty surreal, though, seeing everything kind of, you know, brought into that you know bloomy hd visual yeah it'll be incredible textures and you know the touched up probably touched up voice acting uh touched up animations just the whole thing it doesn't it's it actually doesn't even seem like a remastering i'm pretty sure this is just a complete full-on rebuild brand new engine brand new everything so they're actually going through and just creating everything from scratch uh clancy brown is the voice actor for Mr. Krabs. If they bring him in here, I can over overlook a lot of the things that maybe even make the game more impressive. But if they yeah. if they bring all the voice actors in, th- that will really keep me engaged for this. I'm probably going to get it anyway, but if, if I know that, I'm definitely going to get it. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be... I mean, that'd be awesome. To me, this kind of makes up for um, Maroon 5 not singing... Uh, you know, the sweet victory in the Super Bowl. Right, or that pathetic attempt at it they did. It really is. It's poetic justice. Yeah. Lose I mean, out on one SpongeBob thing to get another. It's, yeah. It's amazing. It's, it really is awesome. Um, so, you know, everyone that's seeing this now, 
they're all on this uh, remastering craze. They want to see the Simpsons hit and run remaster. Um, and apparently the Simpsons creators are going to be at E3 this year and they're going to be having their own panel. Uh, this comes per the official E3 Twitter. They said more exceeding, uh, I can't, I can't even <laughs> pronounce these words, uh, more exciting E3 Coliseum news. Join the writers and producers of the Simpsons for a panel on June 11th. More info to come. Uh, this probably doesn't mean anything, but the last time that the Simpsons uh, showed off, uh, or last time a company showed off a Simpsons game at E3, it really wasn't talked about a whole lot prior to it happening. So, hypothetically, if this were to happen, even if it's like a brand new game in that series, even if it's not a remastering, I mean, that would be huge. You know, SpongeBob and Simpsons are have a lot of similarities. They've got iconic episodes. Obviously, the shows, uh, some of the show is very, very funny, classic TV. A whole bunch of things you may be aware of from these shows, but you've never actually watched the show, right? Um, you know, steamed hams from The Simpsons. Most people, I would say a lot of people who know about the steamed hams thing with Principal Skinner and Superintendent Chalmers, uh, may not have watched the episode that that was in and just know it from the memes online of people doing different versions of that. <laughs> uh, I mean, the Simpsons have a lot of substance to make a video game around. And what if it's a brand new game, a, a hit and run too, and bring a lot of the missions in that game? And it really is. It's, a, it's like a, a PG-13 version of GTA, of Grand Theft Auto. Uh, it would be exciting to see a brand new game, uh, Hit and Run, Hit and Run 2, Hit and Run uh, Remastered, and add the missions based on the last 30 seasons worth of, of Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would hope as a classic Simpsons fan, they'd bring a lot of the classic stuff in it uh, that may be more similar to the old game, which may, be, it may just be safer to do Hit and Run uh, Remastered. But they've got a lot to make a game with. And they've had so many different vehicles in their history to drive around in and characters to communicate with and playable characters. Let's say instead of Bart, Marge, Lisa, uh, and Apu, and Homer, of course, you have Chief Wiggum, you have Moe, uh, you have Barney, you have Ned as playable characters now. And they have a whole bunch of different things they've said. Uh uh, absolute. T- you could say the same thing with SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom. They probably could have, if they wanted to, added uh, more levels with more characters in it. But it's probably best they're sticking with the three that the game was built around. Yeah. But you can, you Simpsons. You know those characters in Simpsons Hit and Run original had uh, certain levels. Why don't you just make it uh, choose any character? They can have like fifty different characters from the show that you can choose and have them drive around in any car they want, crashing through buildings and stuff like that you make the world more uh breakable a lot like where gta wound up uh so you i would hope that they would would add to this this uh potential hit and run variation if that is what they have cooking up for us yeah i hope so too i mean i i think that this would be really interesting part of me kind of questions what the market for it would be at this point in time 
But I'm assuming all the fans that were a fan of it before and then a lot of Simpsons fans that never really got a chance to, to get in on that action, similar to Battle for Bikini Bottom. Um, I just remember there was a lot of like really iconic cars. Like Remember that jet car that you could get? Yeah. Like Finding those special cars in that game, to me, I mean, back then I feel like I didn't really understand gaming that much i mean i was still pretty young back then like the new like 3d games and stuff when it was kind of like more difficult i kind of had a hard time like uh getting into that um but there was just i mean there was so many like cool moments in that game and cool vehicles and the destruction and it was kind of like baby's first gta in a way um but there was just so many good references in the billboards like the don't eat uh that's right beef, eat, deer eat deer or something. that's right don't eat beef eat deer yep like, it's just, there's so many cool references, and I also have, like, fond memories of, like, you know, Dad and Uncle Artie playing it, um, you know, when they, when he, Uncle Artie would come over, and they would just kind of drive through that, and they're not, you know, huge game players, but they're Simpsons fans of, right. like, the classic Simpsons. Right. I just thought that was awesome. I feel like there's just, you know, whenever you can get a game that kind of reaches beyond, you know, the normal uh, target audience like that and people that aren't really even into games are sitting there and laughing at it and enjoying it and you know want to play it I, I just think that's awesome and I, I'd love to see them kind of bring that back and um, I feel like if they can get something that resonates with the older Simpsons fans the newer Simpsons fans and really just gamers in general um, I think that would just be really 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 cool yeah I mean there's a lot for the Simpsons to offer people uh most most people have good memories with The Simpsons, and it really I mean these two games SpongeBob and and The Simpsons Hit and Run game, they uh, there's a lot there's a lot to revisit with the, with with newer versions of these, and it would reach a lot of people. And even though there's not a whole lot of there's probably a ton of people that still watch The Simpsons, even though it's not as good as it was 20 years ago. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, you market that as a GTA game, and yeah, I mean, that's the things that when I played GTA Five, pretty much the two GTA type games I played in my life were Simpsons Hit and Run, and then GTA Five. And as, as I'm playing GTA Five, I was like, wow, I mean, this is like uh, Simpsons Hit and Run on steroids, on steroids, or on that, crack, or yeah, or on crack. <laughs> you know, the rocket car is the best example of just finding things. You know, in the Simpsons Hit and Run, you could be, I think, you are Bart in this case. That from the TV show, Hans Molman crashes his like pink Cadillac inside a building like two stories up. It makes no sense how he got up there. In the game, I think this is the sixth level of the game, the the penultimate level. Bart can go to this this theater or wherever Molman crashed this car. He can go to where the car is crashed in the game, back <laughs> out of the hole, and drive the crashed car around. Uh, same thing, Bart again. In the uh, second level, I think Bart is. You can the monorail that's all messed up. You can actually get up on the rails, get into the front car, drive that off the rails, fall down onto the road, and oh, drive that right. around. Uh, unbelievable in terms of the interaction you you have with what happened in the show wow. in the game. Um, and they, and they can expand on that. They can add more. Uh, you know, in GTA Five, you can take that just ridiculously big truck with the huge ass wheels. It's like a construction vehicle. Yeah, yeah, I know. What you in mean, the one yeah. area, and just take it and just crush cars on the road. Uh, they can add more, more things like that in there, um, and just make it just completely just mind blowing. You just make make the levels more, uh, make them bigger, and throw more stuff in there for us to find and be like, yeah, I remember when that happened, because there's already a lot in there. 
make make it better. Make this make this sequel and throw more stuff in there for us to find and make us feel like we're finding this for the first time. Yeah. Uh, it's not just Simpsons fans who'd be interested in doing that. That type of finding anyone can appeal towards. And if it's nice and colorful, if you've got a lot of characters to play as uh, in a big, expansive world uh, that younger people can enjoy too, and people who may not even be gamers who just want to experience this and see all those references, it, it would appeal to them a lot. I, I just think that would be so cool. Um, I, uh, I completely forgot about the whole monorail thing. Because isn't it like crushed in the back or something? Or yeah, it has some so, kind of... Yeah, it's like accordion, I guess you could say. It's all jumbled up on the rails. So yeah. The front car is available to you. Okay. Because I, I remember when you're in that, when you're inside the cars, you could drive them and then you could make them like explode. But if you get out of them in time, you can get back into like the exploded car and start it back up again and like... Uh, I think you are correct. Yeah. I think you can drive the shell. Yeah. Which that to me always cracked me up. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a nice touch, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the dialogue in that game was awesome. Uh, there was a lot of like you know dialogue references. There was uh, different costumes. I was gonna say that's the thing we haven't talked about yet. the The outfits are outrageous. Yeah, I mean, there's again, there's so much for The Simpsons to offer. Like the Simpsons, I think Homer can dress up in that devil outfit, or when he when he turns into a donut. <laughs> where it's like head's got a donut piece bitten off. I, think I do not remember that. Yeah, I think in the show he like pulls donut from his head and eats it, and that's why in the video <laughs> game there's like a chunk missing when his head's a donut. It's it's fantastic. I do not remember that. That is crazy. Yeah, I mean he's got a whole bunch of uh, of costumes. The Moo Moo from when he like gets all fat so he doesn't have to go to work or something like that, so he's on disability. Oh wow, that's all in there. Uh, Bart Man where he has the cape. Uh, when Lisa's a beatnik, I mean, oh my goodness. I mean, that, 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 you know, a lot of people, when they play Dark Souls and Bloodborne, it's all about the fashion souls. It's all about how you dress and the different combinations you have. I mean, Simpsons Hit and Run, uh, you know, they had all that, all those costumes like way back when. And there's just, when you combine all the six characters, you could go even further if you add more characters. And there's no reason why you can't because essentially all those characters acted the same way there wasn't a whole lot of variety between them all yeah you know if you have more characters that means you can have more outfits it's just like you can play in many different ways you probably can combine outfits too yeah a lot of stuff that can happen and costumes that you can get without having to use microtransactions to wear them what year is that yeah exactly yeah what year is it uh yeah i mean a lot of those things back then are just way ahead of their time um, and they were managed so much better than how things are managed today. And I mean, I don't know how likely this is to happening, but honestly, I mean, after the reception that SpongeBob got, I mean, if you're sitting there, you know, I forget what company managed that game, but if you're sitting there and you have the rights to the Simpsons, I mean, why wouldn't you want to do something like that? Yeah. Um, I, if I, if I were, uh, had made a game like that and I'd seen someone, remaster 16 years after the first one came out i'd be interested in making uh my game again uh because it was just as if not more popular than than the spongebob one yeah yeah i think that would be really really awesome so um i'm guessing i was probably going to move on to the next topic um did you have anything else to say about the simpsons or no i just hope they i hope they give us something good i hope so too i think um, if that ended up being an announcement or even a sequel like we were talking about, man, that is going to be it's it's going to be one of the, the biggest E3 announcements, at least for me personally, because I'd actually be able to enjoy it fully this time. 
because I would understand what I was doing. Um, before I move on, I, I just wanted to, did you remember when you used to be able to go to Chief Wiggum's house and you'd go to the backyard and you'd see Ralph in the uh, sandbox? That's right, yeah. And you could just ask him like a whole bunch of like random stuff and he yeah. would say weird things? Yeah, he'd have lines from the show like, you know, my doctor said my nose wouldn't bleed <laughs> as much if I kept my finger out of there. <laughs> <laughs> and in that game, you can like kick Ralph and any other character, and they'll say stuff like, oh, "He's touching my special area." Yeah. <laughs> and eventually, the cops come and and try to get you. Yeah. Oh my uh, god. Looking, that would just be like I said, a lot of different, lot of different things they can do, and how you interact with the world is is second to none. Yeah, I think that would be really, really, really awesome. Um, and I hope they just if they do make a Simpsons game I hope it maintains that hit and run thing and I hope it's not like a, a South Park style of game yeah I mean that's nothing but action in that uh, that Simpsons game that's what we need we need more GTA type games uh, sandbox type games that keep you engaged and Simpsons did a great job of that yeah I think it would be perfect um, so this next one's kind of like a throwaway like headline and it's one that I don't particularly care particularly care too much about um, but Microsoft is making an Xbox body wash, shower gel, and deodorant called Xbox Lynx. Uh, this is from the makers of Axe Body Spray, set to release exclusively in Australia this July. Business group lead for the Xbox Australia, uh, Tania Chi, I guess that's, or Tania Che, uh, something like that. Uh, she made a statement um, regarding the new spray. We see Xbox fans achieve incredible things every day. And we wanted to celebrate that elevated skill, passion, and determination by creating something truly special. Now powering up can be as simple as a quick spray before you head out the door. Um, so if you are curious as to what this spray is going to smell like, um, it's not going to smell like a console. It's going to smell like uh, citrus and various herbs i guess and uh the description's kind of ridiculous and i'm gonna i would if i went out and tried to read it it would just be a complete jumbled mess um but i'm gonna be completely honest with you um when i started this podcast i never in a million years thought i'd be talking about body wash shower gel and deodorant on an episode mm, yeah uh, kind of a just a random thing. They're just using that brand to push product, I guess. I don't I don't know. Yeah, it's... I don't know. It's kind of weird. Uh, this next one is more in line with uh, something I am interested in. Uh, iOS 13 is going to include PS4 and Xbox One controller support. Um, so Apple TV, iPhone, and iPad will be getting full controller support thanks to the new TV OS 13 update this fall. Apple Arcade also releases in fall. That is Apple's streaming service. So I think it's actually really interesting that Sony and Microsoft are allowing Apple to be able to use their controllers. But if you think about it, this is a win-win. One, this screws Google over. And two, at least in PlayStation's uh, situation, you have PlayStation 4 Remote Play. This now allows you to play your PlayStation wherever you are on your iPhone or iPad or Apple TV remotely and be able to use an actual physical controller. I'm actually really excited about this feature. So you can play Bloodborne on your iPhone? Yeah. That's how it's going to be. Right now, they, they just introduced a better... Uh, or I guess they actually just introduced this feature on 
the Apple products maybe last year, or at least it's a better version of what it was before. Um, I think before it used to be kind of limited to Sony's phones and maybe Android, if I remember correctly. Um, but you can actually play those games, and there's not a ton of lag with them. The biggest issue is really just the controls. Okay, well, I guess this these uh, having the controllers then will help that out. Yeah, it's going to be big, and it's actually really neat because not only are you going to have that support with the uh, controllers, but with your phone's microphone, you'll be able to access the PlayStation uh party chat and xbox party chat and be able to communicate with your friends so i think that's pretty neat that's pretty crazy so you're basically going to have a little portable playstation 4 going everywhere with you this kind of replaces the playstation vita back when the playstation vita did something similar but of course now you're on updated technology with a little bit more features so I think that's really awesome. That's great. I'm probably never going to do it because I don't really buy Apple stuff. But, uh, you know, uh, this is pretty exciting. I didn't realize you could use the voice chat with the speaker. Oh, that's great that they're using the technology that's right there. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so I thought that was neat. Something that was kind of long overdue in my opinion just because the Apple uh, third-party controllers kind of suck. So it's nice to see that they're introducing um, you know, official support of PlayStation 4 and Xbox uh, controllers without some crazy workaround that you probably shouldn't be doing with your uh, iOS device. Uh, this next story is basically just kind of a, you know, Microsoft type of uh, deal here where Microsoft is planning on uh, making up for Sony's absence at E3. Obviously, Sony is not going to be at E3. They're taking this year off, so you're not going to see The Last of Us uh, 2. Uh, you're not going to see anything from Sony this E3. They're taking the year off to presumably prepare for the PlayStation 5, which will probably be announced uh, sometime, anytime. Um, so they're just kind of taking it off. They're going to go quiet. And now Microsoft has the floor to unveil uh, whatever they're planning on unveiling. So... The official Xbox account tweeted, we invited something new to Xbox E3 this year. And Phil Spencer also tweeted out, just finishing our final E3 rehearsal here with a team in Redmond. Feel really good about the briefing. What's uh, the about the briefing? What's the show we've had? I don't, I don't think that makes any sense. Uh, we have 14 Xbox Game Studios in this show this year. Uh, more first-party games than we've ever had in the show. Fun times. So 14 Xbox Game Studios included in that is going to be their newest acquisition, which was Obsidian, the original creators of Fallout. Um, and their game is going to be The Outer Worlds. As far as I know, that will not be an Xbox exclusive, but it's going to be probably shown at the Xbox uh, conference. So big year for Xbox, I think. Even though I always kind of side on the Nintendo um, interest levels here with uh, E3, that's always kind of where my uh, antennas are pointed. Um, just because I, I've always pretty much owned Nintendo systems now for, I guess, the last over 10 years or whatever. Um, so I'm usually always interested in that. And Microsoft consoles, I usually don't buy. 
But despite that, I think Microsoft, because of the new system that they're going to be announcing, their new strategies, all of that, it seems like they're doubling down on games this time around rather than it being a piece of your entertainment uh, setup like how Don Matrick did the Xbox One. It seems like they are really going to be focusing heavy on first-party games, which is something Xbox One had a hard time with. So I think this is really interesting, and I think Xbox kind of remains the most intriguing piece uh, at E3 this year, so I'm really in, I'm really interested to see what they end up doing and uh, what they end up uh, showing off at this new conference. They've got uh, I think they've got two hours to share with what they've got this year, which uh, which I've read is 20 minutes longer than last year, which they revealed like a million things last year. Uh, so you know, who knows what they have in store? But they've got a lot of time on their hands, which I guess they'll use every second of it. Yeah, yeah, you that's know. gonna be. I mean, I feel like they have the right leader now. Where before it seemed like Don Matrick was definitely more of a corporate guy. Phil Spencer is definitely in the corner of the gamers, and the fact that now he's gonna get to show off his vision for the Xbox brand, I think that Xbox fans should be really excited. And um, I mean, with them just having the floor with really no other competition, I think this is gonna be. A big win for Xbox this time around. Yeah, they'll have a lot of audience. Yeah, I mean, all ears and eyes are going to be fixated on Microsoft this E3. Uh, this next news story, not a game series that I'm particularly um, involved with. And when I mean that, it means I never really played any of these games. And that's the Watch Dogs series. Uh, there was a, a series of leaks that came out. And basically... Uh, these leaks kind of indicated that Ubisoft was um, was going to be gearing this gameplay of this new Watch Dogs game called Watch Dogs Legion, and it would be based around being able to control like multiple NPC, like every character in the game was controllable, which is kind of cool. Um, that was based, I guess, on a deleted Amazon post that was not supposed to be posted. So good job, Amazon. Uh, kind of gave us a little peek at as to what to expect. Um, but yeah, so Ubisoft uh, basically went ahead and just confirmed the rumors on Twitter, and they basically just said that Watch Dogs Legion is going to be coming out and it's going to be at E3. So not really super, you know, climatic, I guess, but it's. Uh, it is what it is. And there's also a leak about a Ubisoft paid subscription service because everyone else has one, so why not Ubisoft as well? Um, that was on VG247, and it basically said that uh, the Ubisoft uh, Pass Premium was spotted on the Ubisoft store. And uh, VG247, 247 is basically a website where people go ahead and submit articles. Um, so they did have a screenshot of it. So I don't really have a reason to not believe that. They usually only post things that are, you know, from a reliable source. So, yeah, another subscription service to go with EA, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, uh, everyone else. So, and it's also said that Bethesda uh, might be doing something similar as well. So, not really super exciting to me because I don't really typically buy a ton of Ubisoft games. Uh, I think the last one I bought was The Division 2. 
So, uh, I'm, I don't know. I, I guess the paid subscription services are okay if there's a lot of value, but if they don't offer a ton of value, then to me, there's not really a reason to be stacking up on all of these uh, subscriptions because there's a lot of them. Uh, this next piece, uh, Square Enix Marvel Avengers game uh, will be shown at E3, and there was a possible leak. Uh, this is from PCGamer.com, um, and basically there was a a leak about the uh, the game's description, and this was from the E3 Coliseum website. So E3 actually leaked this themselves. Good job, E3. Uh, and this one was uh, a little description that said, "Embrace your powers and join key members of the develop with." key members of the development team at Crystal Dynamics and the creative team at Marvel Games as they talk exclusively about the upcoming Marvel's of Marvel Avengers game. This is the defining Avengers game experience, an epic action adventure. They combine cinematic storytelling with continuous single-player cooperative gameplay moderated by Andrea Renee, who is from What's Good Games, and she is also a contributor at Kind of Funny. Uh, the symbol in, in teams of four player, uh, four players master extraordinary uh, details. Customize your heroes to figure play style and combine powers to defend an ever expanding world under constant threat. Oh my God, I'm running out of breath with this thing. So basically, it's going to be some kind of showcase. I mean, I assume that most people knew that was going to be the case anyway. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm completely out of breath from that. <laughs> is, this, is this like like a fighting game? Like, I think so. Just a big roster, and you fight Iron Man versus Thanos and stuff. It seems like it's going to be something similar to that. But it's weird though because Nintendo is also having like a Marvel Alliance game that's coming out, and that looks like that's just a fighting game. Yeah, there's uh, there's another uh, Capcom versus Marvel games, haven't there? There's like a whole line of that uh, where you pick people from those two universes to fight. Uh, well, those ones, though, I think are... Okay, I, I see what you mean. So those ones are actually like fighting fighting games. These are like brawler games. Okay, like uh, Smash Brothers type thing, only Avengers. Well, it's in like a 3D space and... Mm, that sounds like a mess. Yeah, I don't know how this one's going to be, but the Pokemon... Or Pokemon. <laughs> fixated on Pokemon. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, Oh man, um, the the Marvel Alliance game is just this three D is this three D open space game where you have four players that basically just beating the crap out of enemies. Okay. Um, so it's kind of a, like a mess, I guess. Um, I guess that's the word you used. It sounds like a mess. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming this one's going to be similar. I don't really know. There are other Alliance games, right? There are, like yeah. Spider-Man's on the cover and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's how it's going to be. But, but beyond that, I'm not really sure. Um, uh, Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake, uh, also coming from Square Enix. It should receive a release date. There's speculation and fear from fans that have the current generation consoles that this game will get a release date, but it'll be exclusive to the PlayStation 5 and new Xbox uh, that's not going to happen. I can almost guarantee it. I'm sure it'll be across all those platforms when it does 
uh, see its release. So don't really worry too much about that. I know that's uh, something that our sister is really looking forward to. That's all she talks about whenever you bring up video games. Um, so I'm pretty sure she'll get her wish, and I'm sure it'll be on PlayStation 4. Uh, another story that I don't really have a ton of connection with, uh, Batman Arkham developers Rocksteady Studios will be absent from E3. Uh, the game director and co-founder Sefton Hill posted this on Twitter. Hi, all. A number of you have asked, so we wanted to let you know up front that Rocksteady Games won't be showing at E3 this year. We will be watching us as fans, but remaining in London. Work hard on our next... We'll be working at ah, hard at work on our next big project. Enjoy the show. Sometimes I'm good at reading this stuff, and other times I'm just not. Tonight is one of the nights that I'm just a little bit off, but that's okay. Um, so not a big Rocksteady or Batman Arkham game fan. I know they're working on a different project that isn't Batman, um, but that's obviously not ready yet, and heavy speculation indicates that it's going to be on a PlayStation. It's going to be a PlayStation 5 and new Xbox game, so it'll be on next-gen hardware, not on the current generation system. So we're kind of reaching that point in time where these new games are now going to be starting to get developed on there. I will say though I think that the Xbox One X possibly will be in that category as a system that kind of gets supported halfway through that generation, but we'll kind of see what happens with that. Uh, this next little piece here is that in a 45-minute presentation, Nintendo could be revealing the next Smash Bros. DLC character. Uh, that's kind of a given. Um, I feel like it would be the most logical thing to end their presentation with the Smash Bros. character, or at least a, a teaser or something, because, I mean... I feel like it's kind of been a while since Smash Bros. announced that they were going to have those characters. And I think that, I mean, why wouldn't they show it at E3 this year? Well, I think the DLC was supposed to be, uh, they keep giving us stuff until February 2020. So, yeah, it's about time we have some more news on character number two. There was a leak that is, I think is still unverified from 4chan. Uh, there was some Pokemon information that came out before the trailer yesterday. Uh, in the same posting, there was some, again, unverified information from Smash. So uh, this may be spoilers for the Smash characters. And again, this may just be a flat-out lie. Uh, Erdrick from Dragon Quest, I have no idea what that game is or who that character is, is in Smash, <laughs> according to this unverified information. And Doom Guy. From Doom. Ooh, that'd be a nice one. Uh, yeah, so that's just, again, that may be completely false. That's just what some person said. Um, I'm uh, still rooting for Solaire from uh, Dark Souls to be there. You know, there's a lot of uh, team play in Smash Brothers 2, and the symbol for cooperation, uh, Jolly Co-op as it's called in Bloodborne and Dark Souls, is Solaire, so... Uh, I'd really like to see him, uh, a lot of different clothes and attacks he could have. But uh, Erdrick and Doom Guy, if you believe this unverified information, are in Smash. Um, actually, I put up a Smash Bros. Um, like prediction podcast. Um, I think we should honestly make one because I think that would be interesting to kind of, especially after E3, once the dust is kind of settled, 
because Joker kind of just surprised everybody. No one was really expecting him to be in there. Which is purely Sony. Is is Persona 5 a PS, is a PlayStation exclusive? It's PlayStation exclusive um, for now. Um, but they don't, as far as I know, PlayStation and or Sony do not own the rights to that game. I believe that they probably paid Atlas money, um, similar to how like Nintendo had like a deal with Monster Hunter for a while. Okay. Um, I think it's something similar to that, because there are spinoff of there are spinoffs of Persona on the 3DS. You have uh, Persona Q, and then there's another Persona game that came out recently. So there are Persona games on Nintendo hardware, but the mainline series. Um, has mainly been on PlayStation. Okay. So, I feel like that kind of caught people, like, really off guard, and I've still been trying to figure out why they put Joker on there, and a little later on in the in the podcast, very soon, actually, um, I'll kind of reveal why I think that is. Um, but after that, I feel like a lot of people's expectations of these Smash characters now have gone kind of haywire in a way because you don't really know now. You don't really know what Nintendo's going to do because nobody predicted Joker to be on there. Uh, you know, I'm sure if you look through the deep web, you may have found someone who said something. Uh, not the deep web. I'm just saying if you go through the many threads online about people's Smash Protection, I'm sure you would have found there somewhere. You're right. It's it's less obvious than it used to be. Yeah. You know, in between Brawl and Smash 4 is when you have like a lot of good guesses. But now it's just you're... Choosing the B characters, I wouldn't even know who to pick. Who who is that last main guy uh, or girl character to to show up in these uh, Smash games? I wouldn't be able to to pick one. Or there's a real obvious one that's missing. Yeah, I see people say Gino, who I really don't know where he's from. Um, uh, he's definitely a popular one. You know, King K. Rule again. He was one of those ones between Smash Four and ultimate yeah that, uh, people were desperate to get in there uh shrek and spongebob hey you know spongebob <laughs> with this thing with this uh remaster would be an excellent addition i mean why not why not why not in fact i think honestly you know if you guys think back a couple of years ago we got bayonetta from a poll that nintendo gave us i mean that was a fan chosen character i think bayonetta was the number one choice in europe uh, and maybe number five in America. I don't remember exactly where she placed in America, but I think it was number one in Europe. They would not reveal who the top choices were in America because I think it was all meme-based. <laughs> think back to that whole name your own Mountain Dew thing back in the day. So I'm pretty sure the top two spots were taken up by Shrek, who is just completely uncalled for. No, it doesn't make any sense. But uh, SpongeBob is is just as ridiculous, but actually has a history in video games. Yeah. Uh, the flagship one being Battle for Bikini Bottom. Uh, that would be amazing if they add him in there. Uh, a lot of different things they could do. Well, he'd have a good moveset because you have a, all those bubble exactly. attacks. It would translate really well. Right. Um, there was also the Grinch rumors. Um, oh, Jesus. <laughs> what the hell even was that? Uh, I honestly don't know. I think... There was some cartoon Grinch movie that Nintendo had some kind of partnership with them for like a Mario movie. I don't really know. I'm so happy that wasn't the case because that to me never even like that was that made about as much sense as Shrek to me. Right. It's kind of like the same family, you know, green movie characters. Right. Yeah. It wasn't even like the actual Grinch they wanted. It was some cartoon 
like clay version of them. Yeah, I mean, if they're gonna have uh, you know Shrek and the Grinch, why not just put Gumby in the running? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you can put Bubsy in there. Bubsy, yeah. Um, yeah, I. Oh God, I hope that um nothing like stupid happens with that. Um, but I think that it would be cool. I was talking about in that in that old episode that I had. Um, I actually mentioned Doom Guy as someone that I would like to see in there, just for a pure like legacy type of character because he's been around forever. Right, uh, Master Chief would probably be another good one. That's another one that I put in there that I'd like to see. And Phil Spencer even said like he would be totally cool with Master Chief being in there. And Nintendo and Microsoft are close. I think that'd be awesome. Like yeah. having Mario, Sonic, Pac-Man, Master Chief. Link, all those characters in one game. Crazy. Like, I mean, come on. Like, who wouldn't want that? Um, so I think that would be really, really cool. Um, I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of different characters that I think that they could incorporate in there. I'd like to see Dr. Robotnik in there. Um, in t- like Kind of like similar to how like uh, Bowser Jr. is, like inside like his little egg pod. I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be a, an interesting Mario to Sonic uh what would you call it? Um, a mirror character? Echo. Echo character, I think is what they call those. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Kind of like how Peach and Daisy are Echo characters. So, yeah, that'd be interesting. They both kind of have those little things they run around in, that fly around in. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I think it would be kind of cool. Um, well, I always wanted a Sonic and Tails thing, kind of like, uh, is there a press? You know how you have uh, Nana and Popo or whatever the ice climbers are? Yeah. Yeah, it'd be cool if they <laughs> had like a Sonic and Tails thing and they control more like the Genesis physics Yeah. than uh, the kind of the heavy controls the modern Sonic has right now in Smash. Uh, you know, Sonic and Tails, like a classic Sonic and classic Tails edition yeah. would definitely be interesting. I mean, there's so many different links. Why can't there be another Sonic? Yeah, I think it'd be kind of cool to uh, have like a three like rotation similar to how the old Pokemon trainer was, and have Sonic, uh, Knuckles, and Tails as like a three rotation. I think that'd be kind of cool. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, probably won't happen. Um, but thanks to being on more powerful hardware now, though, you can have more than one character together. So you can have, as far as I know, you can have sixteen uh, ice climbers. Yeah. In a match. Which is uh, which was which is why Ice Climbers was not in Smash Four. You couldn't do that; it, the hardware wouldn't keep up. Yeah, so now we can, and that kind of opens up some more possibilities in terms of characters that could be revealed. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I think I even mentioned how I'd like to see them. This is kind of you know, kind of out there, but I, I also mentioned in a character I'd like to see them add in there. Maybe a tribute to um, Satoru Iwata having all the different features of games that he, uh, you know, took part in. So he'd have like you know the balloon battle balloons and uh, you know different abilities. I think that'd be a cool tribute to him um, if they ended up doing something like that. Sure. Um, so I thought that'd be pretty cool. Maybe have a tag team with him and Reggie because they're you know they were really good friends. Yeah. Uh, I think that'd be really cool. I'm not sure how respectful that is uh, to to put someone in there and then essentially beat the crap out of them. <laughs> um, but I just think it would kind of be a, a cool, like, you know, reference in there. And I honestly feel like he'd be honored. Um, you know, or he would have been honored to, to have something like that in there. So um, there's a lot of options they can do. And I feel like whoever they pick is going to be a big surprise. Um, but we definitely, I think we should have a, an episode dedicated to uh, smash bros, uh, like a smash bros wish, uh, wish list, like an updated one. Um, Because I think that would be a lot of fun. 
Um, so that's pretty much it for the news stories. If, um, if unless you have something else that you added to yours. No. Are we going to talk about the uh, what E3 predictions we have? Yes. Um, now I divided mine up into like the different companies. I'm not sure what you did with yours. I just have a, a couple. I mean, one of them was Simpsons Hit and Run, and I called it Simpsons Hit and Run Recidivist, <laughs> which is a legal term for when people go to jail for a certain crime and then commit that crime again <laughs> when they come out. Uh, that's one of the couple I have here. Okay, so that's more clever than what I did then. Um, I literally just put a like a wall of, uh, of text and game titles that are going to be shown and i threw in just some some wild ones in there but uh i guess i mean my list is super long so do you want to start with yours yeah i uh uh, mario odyssey 2 i have written here i think the first one came out in october 2017 i think it's high time uh yeah, how how hard is it to make a Mario game at this point? There's a million of them now. Oh yeah, uh, I would say it's early enough to show what what they're working on in terms of a new 3D Mario game. Uh, so I do think something like that will uh, make an appearance. Okay. Um, I before I heard the SpongeBob news yesterday, I think I was going to say that that would that would show up. The other game I have on here is, I don't know if you read this story yet, that George Martin, you know, he wrote the uh, A Song of Ice and Fire, the, where the Game of Thrones show is based off of, the books the Game of Thrones show is based off of. And Miyazaki, the director of the From Software games, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, etc. Yeah. They're working on something that's a rumor. Uh, you know, it could just be a Game of Thrones game, which is an open world. I think Miyazaki wants to make a game like a Skyrim, like a GTA, like an open-world type game, like a Breath of the Wild, like an open-world type game that has his gameplay in it. Uh, so what That'd I'm going to suggest, and this may be a better prediction for last week when we were just kind of going off the wall, is a Game of Thrones game uh, that's, that is inspired by the work that uh, George Martin and Miyazaki came up with. Wow. And if they don't show any gameplay, just that, hey, this is what we're working on, uh, you know, details to follow. So that's all I've got. Uh, I think that will show up. Uh, I don't know if you just want to run through your list, what you got here. That's all I have. Okay. Um, That would be cool, though. Uh, Game of Thrones game. Obviously, it's still very popular. Um, I don't really keep up with that series. I'll probably watch it eventually because I've heard nothing but great things about it, um, except for this last season. That's right. Um, so yeah, I'll have to look into that. I had no idea that was going on. Um, so once again, I'm I'm glad that you were able to put that on there. Um, I guess I'll start with Nintendo. So Nintendo, uh, number one, they're going to show off Animal Crossing. Um, and I think they'll have some, you know, new gimmick with Animal Crossing, but I think that's definitely going to be a game that they'll show. I think they're going to save it till later in their presentation just to make fans nervous um, it's not one that they mentioned in their, uh, like E3 tweets. So people are starting to feel like, oh no, they're not going to mention it. I'm pretty sure they're going to mention animal crossing. So don't worry. Uh, links awakening is going to be shown. Um, which, you know, I love how that game looks. It looks amazing. Uh, I'm definitely going to pick that game up. It's like, I forgot all about that. Yep. That's right. They're remaking that game. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the Zelda two and, uh, 
Link's Awakening, they're kind of forgotten a little bit. You can say the same thing with Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons. You sometimes forget some of these games exist. Yeah, there's the Capcom uh, games, right? Uh, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, before you go any further, Animal Crossing. Wouldn't it be cool if they, like, invited Reggie? Let's say they're, you know, they do the presentation and it seems like it's over, right? You know, everything goes to black. They leave the stage. But then, you know... He, Reggie like shows up on the stage while it's still dark, so no one knows he's there yet. The lights come back on. Yeah. And it's just like, hey everyone, Reggie here as a consultant, uh, here to introduce <laughs> you to the new Animal Crossing game on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, I think that'd be a nice touch and just like a final farewell because I think that's uh, uh, somewhat of a meme. Probably went away a long time ago where he would just say, "I got to get back to Animal Crossing, <laughs> New Leaf on my new 3DS." <laughs> So, uh, I think that'd be very charming, uh, very uh, engrossing, if they decide to do something like that. Um, so, the way Nintendo's doing these is that it's just going to actually—it's actually already pre-recorded. Um, it is okay. So, but the fact that you said that though, that actually kind of increases the chances that maybe they pre-recorded Reggie right. doing Animal Crossing before he retired. Yeah. So that's actually really interesting. I didn't think about that, but he is a huge Animal Crossing fan, and I just saw that meme not too long ago with a hilarious caption, and I was I was cracking up about that. So that's funny you brought that up too. Um, that would be cool, though. I mean, Reggie is awesome. Everybody loves him. No one, I don't think anybody really wanted him to retire, um, just because he's so, you know, important to Nintendo, and he was so you know, connected with the fans, even though he didn't really have a whole lot of like, he literally had no social media presence. Um, so it was just weird how like there was just a connection between Reggie and the fans, but that would be so awesome for him to come back and just show off, um, you know, the new animal crossing game yeah, just when you're least expecting it. Yeah, that would, that would be awesome. Fans would go absolutely crazy for that. I mean, I'd go crazy for that. I think it'd be great. Um, so besides animal crossing links, awakening, um, that's that is a really bizarre game. It has a chain chomp in it, I believe. I couldn't finish that game when I picked it up. Uh, I think I have it on my 3DS. I uh, downloaded it off the store. I couldn't finish it. I think it got stuck somewhere. It didn't have any energy to go. It wasn't necessarily enjoying myself. Yeah. I mean, when you play Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword and all the other games in 3D World, and you go back to a game like that, it's tough. Oh yeah, it's yeah, tough. I'm sure. So I, it couldn't keep my attention. Uh, but hey. Update those graphics. It could be something special. Yeah, and it has like that weird, like clay-like uh, style it of definitely graphics. Definitely has a unique look. Yeah, it has a unique look. So uh, it's a, kind of a charming world. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it'll, it'll attract some people. Now I feel like that game, and and this is what I said, however long ago that was. I feel like uh, Link's Awakening was a result of Nintendo merging their console and handheld departments because this looks like something that would have been on the 3DS or at least their handheld, dedicated handheld. Um, but once they merged it, this is an example of maybe a smaller game going to you know the home console or you know hybrid console that is uh, the Switch. So I think that is really cool that the Switch is going to be kind of wreaking benefits from that. Um, the next one on my list is Fire Emblem uh, Three Houses, which big fan of Fire Emblem Awakening on the Nintendo 3DS. Didn't mess around a whole lot with the other ones. Um, just didn't really interest me. This game, though, to me looks really cool because you kind of play the role of like a teacher and you're kind of training your students how to battle. Um, it seems like there's a lot of like drama and uh, you know different interactions between the different like houses and groups and you know 
outside danger? Like, are you going to work together to, to beat, like, you know, the, the common enemy? So I think that looks uh, really cool. Luigi's Mansion 3 is going to be neat. Um, they'll probably show that off. Um, there was some reports that I read that Bayonetta 3 was not going to be at E3, um, but I think they'll probably show off gameplay of that or at least a trailer of that. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, you'll have Platinum come out there and say something, even if it's not even a trailer, it's just them saying like Bayonetta 3 is being worked on right now and it's going good. Um, I think that's going to be a thing. Uh, I think that there are going to be some third party games sprinkled in there. And I think that Persona 5 is going to be one of them. It would just make sense because Joker's on, is in Smash Bros. So I think Persona 5 is going to be on there. Um, I think that there's been so many, you know, speculations surrounding The Witcher 3. I think that's going to be on the Switch. Uh, I know that CD Projekt Red basically came out and said it's not happening. There's too many, uh, you know, things that would have to occur for that to happen. But then uh, I believe uh, Geralt, Gerald, or Geralt, uh, his voice actor went on Twitter and was basically saying like, you know, who would, who else would love to see The Witcher three on on Switch? So why would he go out and do that? And he put a little winky face. So I think that they're really playing this off. But I think that there's too many rumors surrounding this, and they have surfaced so many times. I think that The Witcher Three is probably going to end up on the Switch. Can the Switch, uh, like, service The Witcher Three? Um, I think that it probably could. I feel like if they are doing it, I feel like CD Projekt Red probably gave it to Panic Button, or um, you know, they're outsourcing it. Panic Button did uh, Doom and Rocket League, and they basically developed that. Uh, or at least they're utilizing a dynamic resolution, which will help the Switch kind of accommodate whenever something gets a little bit too strenuous on it. So I think we talked about this last week. Yeah. Okay, it's going to be an imperfect port. Pretty much, yeah. So um, I think that's going to happen. I feel like there's going to be some kind of Bethesda game that comes out on Switch. So I went ahead and put Fallout 3 Remastered. Um, that could be a game that Bethesda does. Um, that to me just kind of made a lot of sense because I mean they've already remastered and redone Skyrim so many times they put it in VR. I feel like Fallout 3, which I believe runs actually no I know for a fact it runs on the same engine. Um, I feel like that would be a logical uh, port or logical remaster for you know all the systems including the Switch. That'd be really cool to accommodate for Metroid Prime 4's development being completely scrapped and restarted by Retro Studios. I think Metroid Prime Trilogy is going to be showing up on the Switch. Um, it'll be in HD this time, which is going to be cool. Uh, twin stick, but I also think there'll be an option to use the Joy-Cons to aim, similar to how it was on the Wii. Um, this is another one that I think might see an HD remastering, and just because I feel like they would outsource this, and I feel like it could translate to the Switch, um, I feel like it could go either way. And that was Skyward Sword HD. I feel like that's something that could potentially be uh, in the running to be on Switch. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. They've done it with Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword. It's almost like forgotten about nowadays. Completely yeah. Overshadowed, completely overshadowed by things like Wind Waker HD, which looks amazing. It does. And, of course, Breath of the Wild. Uh, I was actually just thinking about Skyward Sword last night. Uh, love to uh, replay that game 
So it'd be nice to see in HD. I mean, that game, a game is a pretty game. It's, it, I think it'd uh, work out nicely with an HD remake, similar to how Wind Waker worked out nicely. A good, a good looking game to look like an even better looking game. Yeah, uh, that'd be nice. Uh, people, are, you know, I have not forgotten about Skyward Sword. Uh, you know, say what you want about the level variety; it's not as good as uh, Twilight Princess and other games, but uh, definitely would like to have that in my my hands again and play it. Uh, like the ancient cistern, really unique, unique uh, levels. Uh, just no snow levels, unfortunately. That's what I mean by lack of game variety. But uh, still a great experience. Uh, you never beat that game, did you? I didn't, and it, it kind of got washed away for me. Well, Skyrim came out at the uh, same time, right? I got them on the exact same day on Christmas. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not mistaken. I think Dark Souls came out in 2011 as well. It's a big year. We didn't play that until way later. I didn't play that until way later. But, uh, yeah, it was a big year, and it was a long time ago. It was, yeah. Uh, to make that more accessible to us for people who don't have Wiis ready to go. Uh, yeah, I really miss the motion controls. Um Remember that uh, that Skyward Sword that came, I don't know if it came with the what was it little peripheral you'd attach to the Wii Mote the uh, Wii Motion Plus Wii Motion Plus, yeah uh, I kind of missed that whole thing. I kind of do too. May have been imperfect, but you know feeling like you're swinging a sword instead of uh, as you're swinging the controller is kind of nice. Yeah, it was one of the things when I played the Wii U's version of uh, Twilight Princess, like wow, I kind of missed the imperfect controls. Yeah. I mean, uh, maybe I, it's just nostalgia, but I do miss the kind of interaction you have with the game. Yeah, I agree. I think that that you know, obviously, the motion aiming is really important, and I'm happy they did retain that in like you know the 3DS version. You know, Switch brought it back. Um, the Wii U had still had the motion aiming, um, but there's something about swinging the sword. And honestly, I wanted to see them bring back Twilight Princess with motion plus controls because I feel like that would have been really fun, just sure. like the style and the combat. Um, that was something I kind of, you know, missed about it. And I think one of the biggest challenges about bringing back Skyward Sword is that that game was really centered around motion controls primarily. Yeah. Uh, even in the, you know, final boss, you, oh God, I don't want to spoil you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't imagine it's that hard to redo, but I'm not a developer. Yeah, I just know that a lot of the puzzles and a lot of the enemies required you to swing certain ways. Yeah, I remember certain enemies would like put their swords, put their weapons in a certain pattern, and you can only really hurt them by swinging in a certain way where it would go in between what those swords are. Yeah. Now, I do know that, as far as I know, the Joy-Cons have the same technology, or at least a little bit improved technology, of Motion Plus inside of them. So you could technically, you know, put on the grips, put the wrist straps on, and use those as motion controllers. Yeah. Uh, thing about the Wii U, you could remember you could put those rubber covers on them, and it would make the ends of them a little heavier. So yeah, when you yeah, swing yeah. Swing the bottom of the Wii Mote, you have kind of like that baseball bat effect where the heavy, heavy part is is on the end, which gave you a satisfying swing sensation, which you wouldn't have with the uh, with the Joy-Cons. Yeah, the Joy-Cons are very light and they're very small. Um, it wouldn't really feel the same. Um, you, you may, you know, just because you don't have that satisfying type of counterweight at the at the end. Yeah. Uh, you, I don't know. You may strain your wrist. It may be easier to strain your wrist and things like that. You know, unless you're 
if you take care of yourself, it's not going to be a problem, but it probably won't be as uh, crisp of an, as an experience as uh, the Wii version was. Yeah, I could I could definitely see that. Um, a lot of people weren't a big fan of the motion controls for where, like the Wii, but I don't know why. I actually really like the Wii controls for shooters. I like them for you know Legend of Zelda games. I thought it was comfortable being able to hold the controller separate and not holding your hands so close together. Um, I don't know. I just kind of appreciated that, I guess. But, I mean, I personally would have liked to have seen, like, a, a Wiimote with, instead of having, like, that D-pad um, on the Wii remote, make it an analog stick, and then you can kind of just have whatever controls you want. But, you know, we'll probably never see anything like that again. Yeah, um, that's, been, that's come and gone. Yeah, so it's it's kind of unfortunate. Um, but besides Skyward Sword HD, the last thing I put on here is that the press conference will end with the Smash Bros. character reveal. I feel like that's just how it's going to end. I can't imagine it ending any other way, honestly. Give us a silhouette or something. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they're just going to go outright and show it. I mean, I don't think it's even going to be teased. I mean, uh, if they if they keep it the same as they've been doing, because they still have, what, four more reveals? Yeah, they've got four characters to tell us. I mean, it's going to take them like four years to <laughs> fill out the roster. So I'm hoping that they just go ahead and show it and don't, you know, mess around with that whole thing. I mean, if you're going to if you're gonna talk about it, talk about it and, and show it off. Um, and then, of course, you know, I didn't include this on here, but they'll probably talk about the new Mario Maker game, which looks really good because now it features like multiplayer. But it's kind of stupid in a way because if you play online, there's no way to play with uh, your friends. So it's kind of, you know, it's typical Nintendo online, um, you know, not super modern and not super accessible to people that want to play with people that they know. So hopefully something like that will get changed, but I'm sure that will make an appearance at the show as well. And obviously the Marvel Alliance game will be there too. Now, Xbox, like I said before, I'm not a huge Xbox fan. And when it comes to their games, I'm not super up to date um, on what Xbox has. I So I put Halo Infinite because that game's just been talked about a lot. Um, Obsidian's Outer Worlds, which is very similar to like Fallout 76, but it'll probably be a lot better. Um, Gears of War 5, Fable 4. Um, both of those are rumored to be making an appearance. Fable 4 um, is interesting because a long time ago, Microsoft shut down the Fable team so it's going to be really interesting to see what they do to bring Fable 4 back. And then just some uh, crazy ideas here that I think are highly possible. Um, Microsoft possibly getting with Obsidian, not Obsidian, with uh, Insomniac to bring back Sunset Overdrive um, in the form of Sunset Overdrive 2. I also included Alan Wake because why not? Um, that's a franchise that hasn't been around for a while, so it would be interesting to see if they could possibly bring that back. But Microsoft's going heavy on exclusives this time around, so anything's really possible. And then there is one more uh, section here where I think they will call someone out from Nintendo onto the stage, uh, probably Nintendo's new president, or I guess that would make sense. I mean, or maybe Doug Bowser uh, to make his first public appearance. Um, and I think they're going to announce Game Pass on the Nintendo Switch, which will feature, you know, the Halo collection and all that. And I think a trade-off NES Online will be on Xbox. So I think it's going to be a really 
uh, collaborative effort there. And I think this is the perfect time to announce something like that. And uh, I think that would be really interesting. Uh, you know, Xbox has that all all that time. So, um, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to be organized. Does Nintendo go right on before Xbox, or right after, or a different day than Xbox? Uh, you know, like to see more about uh, what they're doing. What, would you say the NES Online? Yeah, so that NES Online app that Nintendo has on there is where it's basically Nintendo adds more NES games, and if you put pay for the service you get all those games um on the system yeah it'd be nice if they talk about that a little bit more so i think that that is going to make its way onto the xbox platform i think they're going to have access to that in exchange for xbox game pass being on the switch so you'll be able to play like the classic mario games on xbox which i think would make fans really really happy um and that would just be a revolutionary partnership really the fact that Nintendo games would be showing up on a different system and then Microsoft games would be showing up on a Nintendo platform. Uh, to me, everything that they've done up to this point really leads me to believe that this has a really strong possibility of happening. Um, besides that, I also have Bethesda. Um, they're going to show off Wolfenstein Youngblood. Uh, Young and when it comes to their remaster game that I think that they will ultimately do... Um, there's a highly unlikely Oblivion remaster that I wrote down here. I don't think that's going to happen, but it's, you know, possible. It's a possibility. Um, and then you have Fallout 3 remastered, which I think will be the more likely of those two if they are going to remaster uh, a game. Um, number three I have down here is Fallout 76 update, which will feature all vaults, all vaults open which will essentially turn Fallout 76 into a more traditional Fallout experience um, with uh, NPCs. So will that happen? I don't know. There was a long time ago, though, that they hinted at something like that, where they said that in the future all the vaults, all the vaults will open. So I guess there will be people that are coming out of the different vaults that aren't 76 because the whole story kind of ties into 76 being the first vault that opens, which kind of explains why there is no... Um, you know, established NPCs or anything like that in the game. So I'm hoping that something like that happens, and I hope Fallout 76 continues on its road to uh, repair and redemption. Um, and then they already said that Elder Scrolls is not going to be shown off here, and they're also saying that Starfield is not. I think one or both of these games are going to get teased. I feel like Bethesda is just trying to be tight-lipped about it. Um, but... I, other than that, I don't think it's going to be that big of a, a presentation. Now, I also have EA. And this one's kind of exciting um, because I think they're going to talk about their sports games, which is okay. Uh, I really don't need to know any information about it. I get Madden every year. That's, you know, just kind of a, a guilty pleasure of mine. Um, you know, Apex Legends is something that they'll talk about. I've read something about possibly like a season two or something. I don't play that game. So I don't really know what that means. Um, but the real thing is uh, Respawn Entertainment, the creators of Titanfall, they are working on Star Wars Jedi uh, Fallen Order, which the, the trailer came out for that a couple weeks ago. It looks really interesting. The uh, box art or concept art, I'm pretty sure it's like a box art, uh, came out maybe yesterday, and it looks really, really neat. So I'm definitely looking forward to uh, seeing what that's all about. Like EA finally has a 
probably a last chance to to really get these Star Wars games on the right track because they've butchered every other one from the start. So I'm hoping this one turns out to be something really cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, Battlefront kind of... Uh, Battlefront 2's okay, and uh, Fallen Order. Um, what they need to do is they need to start you off as a youngling at the beginning of uh, X, uh, Order 66, <laughs> and you got to survive it. Uh, but yeah, you know, it uh, it'll be okay. That would actually be really a really interesting concept. Um, you know, maybe you're the kid that said Master Skywalker, what are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you kind of throw all the carnage, you kind of hide behind one of the chairs or something. I yeah, there you go. Yeah, you kind of just stayed out of his line of vision. Um, that's actually, that would actually be really funny in a way. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I don't really know what type of game it is. It's not going to be like a KOTOR type game. I'm pretty sure the game that they were working on that was going to be similar to that uh, has pretty much been canceled at this point. So this is something that, uh, maybe will kind of be like a Star Wars uh, Force Unleashed type game, which I never played, um, but I know a lot of people enjoyed that. Um, so maybe it'll be something along those lines. Um, I just hope that they have some cool scenes in there. Um, because, I mean, there's been a lot of good Star Wars games. I just remember that ending scene where uh, in Episode 3, it's like that that alternate ending where Anakin ends up stabbing uh, uh, Emperor Palpatine with his uh, new red lightsaber. Right. Um, so maybe they'll have something funny like that. In now, game. the galaxy belongs to me. <laughs> Outrageous. It would just be hilarious if that was like the, if somehow you were able to trigger that ending and you never seen Star Wars before and you're just like, huh, that doesn't really explain how he became Darth Vader. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's got the red lightsaber. Where's the mask come in? Yeah, did he just like start dressing up like that for the heck of it? Um but yeah, so I'm interested to see that. And then the last one's watch is uh, Ubisoft, and they just have Watch Dogs and maybe a new Splinter Cell game. I'd love to see them release a brand new Red Steel game on the Switch. That'd be amazing because Red Steel Two, one of my favorite games of all time, no big deal. Um, but besides that, uh, I don't really know what Ubisoft's going to do. Maybe they'll outline some new Division Two stuff, which I think would be cool because Division Two is a seriously awesome game. Um, so maybe they'll outline some new content that's coming out for that. But besides that, I don't really have much. They said they're not going to be showing off the new Assassin's Creed game. So I honestly don't know what else they would have. So, and then I guess besides Ubisoft, um, you have Activision, who is probably going to show off some Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which is a reboot of the Modern Warfare series. Um, so it looks like they're going kind of back to the basics and not like ridiculous stuff like they have been doing. So I'm hoping that that ends up being something pretty cool. Uh, now that you mentioned Activision, they worked with From Software on Sekiro. Uh, it'd be nice to see if they produce some DLC. I haven't heard any any rumors on that. Uh, that game has gotten kind of stale, so it'd be nice if uh had some more challenges there. Yeah, that'd be uh, interesting. That'd be interesting they, they add that at the end. Yeah, I mean, that would be something that I think a lot of people would appreciate. Just because, I mean, that game's really popular. And why not have people go in there for another round? So We, uh, you know, all those From Software games, I think the DLC is the best parts of every single one of those games. Okay. So hopefully Sekiro gets some treatment uh, a la that soon. 
All right. Well, that sounds good. I mean, I'm I'm hoping that uh, you know maybe the the best is yet to come uh, for your sake in terms of that game. And uh, besides that, uh, I think I'm pretty much all out of predictions, and my throat is um, bleeding out of uh, dryness, even though I drank an entire water bottle. And we are over two hours right now, so um, I don't know about you, but I kind of want to wrap this up. Yeah, let's close this out. Do you, E3 starts on Sunday, like Sunday afternoon, I guess. It'll start on Sunday, and I believe it ends on Thursday. I think on Sunday it will be uh, Bethesda and I want to say maybe EA. Okay. Um, and then I think Microsoft goes on Monday, Nintendo goes on Tuesday, and I guess the other companies are kind of sprinkled in throughout that uh, that week. Okay. But I think Thursday is the last day for it. Um, have a lot to talk about what happens. Yeah. Uh, next time. Yeah, we we might have to split that up into to multiple episodes. I'm not really sure how we're going to handle that yet, but um, yeah, we'll see how right we are with these predictions. And um, as always, you guys can find this podcast across all your favorite podcasting platforms: Stitcher Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Castbox, Spotify. Uh, am I missing any? Uh, you guys can also find it on YouTube. It's not really that exciting, but uh, you guys can find it there if you still want to watch your stuff on uh, on YouTube and stare at a nice static image. Um, but we uh, we will see you guys next week. I hope you guys are super excited for E3, and I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, if you made it this far, thanks for sticking around, and uh, we will see you guys next week. See you later.